Welcome everybody to the Spawn on Me podcast. This is episode 48. I'm your host, Khalif Adams, and I am joined this week and every week with my man, Mamelo, the smooth kind of fellow that dude from the other side of Bracago, Cicero Holmes. How are you, sir? I am doing well. You know what? I, you know, for the very first time, I realized that it's episode 48 of the Spawn on Me podcast. That's, we've done a lot of episodes already. That's crazy. <laughs> Who would have known that we are a small yeah. startup company, Spawn yeah, on Me Inc. Really. would have made it this right, far. You know? Right. We're, we're, we're almost to the point where we're, be- we're becoming a midsize corporation. We have, su- we, have su- <laughs> we have gotten past the housing bubble. Right. We have that be- <laughs> damn Obama is going to raise our taxes. Thanks, Obama. I wonder if- we got Because we got to have uh, health insurance for all the residents of Bracago. He's trying to give people free, free college right. and stuff, too. I don't know. What, people in Bracago? What's going on with this, Bracago? 2016. We're gonna have Cicero and Kali. If we're gonna have a double ticket, we're gonna we're gonna run on the purple there party. The purple party is gonna is gonna make it. We're gonna have it. Yep. We're have it go on. Yep. Exactly. Oh my goodness. So how you been? Things are good. I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm doing well. You know, I'm I'm really uh really happy for February. It is damn cold in on this side of Bracago. Uh, I think it's uh, currently negative five before the wind chill. Um, so enjoy that. Um, but I'm super excited for uh, for the show, man. I'm I'm really pumped. I'm really jazzed for this. Yeah, I can't front, man. We we were talking about planning out, you know, who we're gonna have on the shows and what time during the year and stuff like that. Right. And we were like, um, we know some folks who have a game coming out pretty soon that we really right. like and all that good stuff. We should try to have them on right, you know, right after everything launches. So, yeah, uh, we yeah. we might have those folks on on the show today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we. You know, it would be a good idea if we were wise men. <laughs> I would say that that's the thing that we should do. Word. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. So I don't know. I guess really quick, we'll do some house cleaning. Um, All right. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, I have to thank, you know, a big, big shout out, a big, fat, huge shout out to Jeff Kanata, who was on the show last week. Yes. And yes. holy crap. I'm still like doing I'm fanning myself. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God, I just had Jeff Kanata on the show. That's awesome. What the hell? Um, so thank you to, to Jeff. Um, we had some really great, great, great numbers on this episode. Oh, I'm sorry, on that episode. Um, and it was really fun to have him on on the show. It was totally everything I expected and more. So, uh, Jeff, thank you if you're listening out there. Thank you so much for being on. Um, uh, see, any any other stuff that you can think of that, that, I'm, that I'm missing? Because I'm probably going to blank on it. Well, um, first and foremost, I want to say welcome to all of the new uh, visitors to Chicago as a result of, uh, he, you know, hearing Jeff Kanata's voice mix, mixed in with ours. Um, hopefully you guys decide to uh, become residents. There's plenty of really affordable real estate in Chicago <laughs> right now. But uh, yeah, and, and additionally, I want to say... Um, I'm sorry to anyone who I made cry yesterday. I mean, last week and in, in last week's show. So uh, th- a couple of people, a couple of people said that I made them made them cry man, man tears <laughs> as a result of uh, a result of my 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 uh, pledge of undying love for my for my boy, for my son. And on his 18th birthday, he became a man. Um, I love you, boy. I love you. Don't you cry again on the show. He's he, yeah. Oh no, I won't cry. I won't cry. Um, you know, I'm a man now. <laughs> He's a man now. So yeah, everything is good. Um, but uh, I, you know, I digress for a second, only to say, 
um, that Jeff brought new people to us um, and they potentially will stay. But this person that we've got on the show right now has has really stuck by us. Um, I you know through the thick and the thin. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's really been any thin in Bracago. Bracago's <laughs> a, an up and coming city, but Bracago might but, have high cholesterol. Yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it may, it may with all that Cheddar Bay biscuits, all those Cheddar Bay biscuits. Um, <laughs> but uh, this gentleman that's that's here, um, you know, he's he's a he's a good friend. He's a good friend. He's he's really stuck by us um, when he was busy making a hit game for the xbox one he he never uh didn't have time for us to sit and talk to us and and communicate with us on on twitter um and uh you know he's a he's just a a great dude and and it's always wonderful to see when um our friends and and great people um and particularly like the the people over at other ocean um reap the success and the rewards of what uh being a good person is is all about so um it's my pleasure to bring back and i you know i gotta let him know um that now that he is coming back to bracago he's not a guest anymore he has to have a job this man's (laughs) job is is the he is the minister of education um, we've had the minister of fin- no finance, Sharif Jackson, um, the minister of fashion, Daniel Kaiser, um, ladies and gentlemen, the minister of education, Mr. Mike J. Micah. Oh man, Mike, how you doing? What an intro! That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sitting there like I'm gonna stay quiet because like I have to wait till my moment and everything like that. But you're like, I'm going through all the emotions. Like, well, yeah, this is great. <laughs> thanks for having me back, guys. This is awesome, and it's. Uh, what a start to a year, like uh, watching your show grow, watching a game launch that we talked about together over, over the last year and all that stuff. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's been awesome. And I'm, I'm happy to have moved in to Bracago. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Yes. You have a two bedroom yes. apartment with a balcony. Right. right. <laughs> with a great view. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You, right. you get, you get well, to have an I... overlook over, over all the ex- expanse. It's beautiful. It's growing too. You can see the growth. <laughs> there, you, there you go. And the and the reason that Mike is the minister of education is because if you if you uh, were fortunate enough to listen to the very first time that Mike was on, you would know that his knowledge of the industry, firsthand knowledge of the industry, and then his knowledge um, just outside of that is is second to very very few. Um, in in or without the industry when it comes to video games. So uh, it is it is well earned. We are fortunate to have you as our minister of education. It's fun to take office in this kind of role. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, oh, and yes. I, I, I was waiting for C to start singing You Are the Wind Beneath His Wings. It was coming. Right. <laughs> it was coming, but I but I, I made sure we, you know, we want to calm that down just a little bit, just a little bit. We have lots of adulation and, and, and things right, to right, things. Right. See, that's why we need to be in the same room so we can sit there and, like, carry each other around. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, who's gonna pick me up next? I don't know. Who's pick right, you up? Right. <laughs> Trust my ball. back hurts. <laughs> oh my god. So so let's so so last time we had you on the show, we were talking about iDarb. It was still in in semi in production and almost ready to come out, and and now it's out. 
now the game is out in the world. It is out for people to play. Holy shit. <laughs> it has been just from the outside looking in. One of the things that I've noticed is that it is the IDARB love fest everywhere you go on the Internet, man. I have not seen any, if if any, negative or bad thoughts or even negative, like, usual trolley things that you usually see on the internet it's been like super love fest how's that been so far what's what's been going on with you guys on since everything has come out it's been mind-blowing it's really been <laughs> kind of incredible and like amazing and also when you do some uh, do a game like this there's just no time to celebrate mm-hmm. you're just kind of it's out there you see you see all the wonderful things and people saying all these wonder, wonderful things about the game but then you also see all right. the things you have to do to make their experience continue to grow and sure. also to fix the little things that, like, maybe they don't all see, but it drives me nuts. And so it's like, <laughs> I can't sleep until we fix all that. Um, so now we're in that live game mode. So it's it's challenging because you're, you're working really hard and, like, you're working around the clock. But you also just want to keep reading what people are saying. Like, right. it's addictive. You just keep going back to Twitter. We were talking about this earlier, but, like, I have the tabs as well where I'm like, the hashtag IDARB tag, the hashtag, or the at IDARB game tag. And, like, well, who's right. saying stuff to me? And, like... I keep looking at all this right. stuff, and then I jump into streams to watch what people are doing as they play, and um, yeah. it's it's overwhelming and but amazing, and it's it's one of these things where uh, I look back over the last year and like the times we've talked about it and what was like you know happening with the game and um, those moments where I, I felt like I didn't I didn't know what people were going to think about it, and you guys are like, oh, I think people are going to like it. <laughs> 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 if you guys played it, I felt really good when you guys were like, oh, this game's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I um. I, I sent I sent Mike a text right after the codes went live and and I was like, you know what, man, I was I was nervous um, because, you know, you just never know. But oh, yeah, but this don't. is but, you know, congratulations, man. This is this is this is gold. This is gold. Oh, I, I, I appreciate it. And it's one of these things where the other part of it is like we now have technology and, and, and stuff to tell you who, what, when, why, and where everybody is playing. Oh. So without giving away too much information, but our Super Bowl Sunday mm-hmm. was outrageous. Oh, yeah. It was the the measurement of time people put into the game on that day mm-hmm. alone yeah. wasn't in hours or anything like that. It was in years. What? Was Holy in, shit. It was in beyond years. It wasn't like, you know, eight years or anything like that. It was a, like the man years invested on Super Bowl Sunday alone was through the roof it was i've never seen numbers like that and it was just people were spending so much time playing that game on a day that i thought they would probably never look at the game sure (laughs) that was our official launch day but we launched a little early so Mm -hmm. it was like it was kind of crazy that that many people had the game that fast the crazy thing was i remember i remember you being online because i think we were both and I'm sorry. I'm hoping this show was not going to just be like. Remember the time you were on Twitter and I was on Twitter? And right. We on Twitter? That time. <laughs> um, but I, but I remember seeing you tweet, and somebody else randomly tweeted this at you. They were like, "How about we have a tournament during the halftime show?" And it seems like it might have happened. <laughs> there was like I hopped on at the halftime show and just started playing, and sort of a lot of the people in the office. And like we didn't really organize a tournament per se, but we just started playing people, and it was kind of amazing that we were finding matches. I thought it would be kind of empty and I thought we'd just be playing each other or whatever, but right, right. It, it, there was a lot of people playing wow. and a lot of games. It was, it was great. That's so dope. Wow. So dope. So, all right, well, let's pretend for a second right. um, that people didn't hear you 
Um, they they didn't live in Bracago the first time that you were on the show, and and they've never heard of IDAR. Maybe they have a PS4. Maybe they you know only have some other console, or they're just getting an Xbox One. They don't know what IDARB is. Why don't you explain what it is? All right, I'll try. Let's see here. It's a... All right, it, the best way to do it is just tell a little bit of the story. So, like, sure. almost a year ago, a little more than a year ago, I tweeted an image of a red box in the middle of a screen that I was just uh, creating a new code base for a game for, just to poke around and have, like, a little bit of a hobby of a game. And uh, I asked the internet, I went on Twitter and asked everybody to tell me what I should do with it because it was just kind of a... Uh, I had no idea really what to do. So people started tweeting back at me ideas. One of the people, one of the people who did it, uh, Tim Schaefer, who from Double Fine tweeted back, his probably got the most magnitude. Uh, Cause so once he tweeted back at me, mm-hmm. all his followers were like, what the heck's going on over here? And so they started throwing ideas at me <laughs> and it was like this fun thing where I thought, well, it'd be great if I just try to put all these ideas in. Cause my specialty, the stuff I've always done when I engineer games, I'm more of a mechanics designer. So like I sure. deal with controls right. and, um, you know, move sets and all this sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. that's where I get a lot of joy out of. And that's also kind of like a puzzle game when somebody tells me, like, I want to do this crazy thing and I've got to figure out how to make it work. <laughs> so that's, that, I really like doing that. So when I was getting all these ideas from people from all over the world, it was like playing one of the best games I could possibly have where it's like, okay, great, here's all these <laughs> stupid ideas. How do I make that work and make it fun and still enjoyable? So that was something pretty cool. And I just assumed it was going to be like a disaster in the end. And that's a great example of how crowd design doesn't work. (laughs) Um, But the idea started, like I would throw these things in and the game just started to get better and better with everybody's idea. Even people who are trying to troll it, you try to put it in. It's like, well, that kind of works. And so (laughs) by the time, like February, like probably a week from today kind of hit, uh, we had a game that we we're playing that was generally what you play today. It was, it was a very early version of it. Um, but we were tweeting it out, and we were showing Vines and all this stuff. And um, that's when Microsoft called up and said, hey, we want you at the game developer conference with this. We think it would be pretty cool, and we'll send you out some kits and all stuff. And they were just announcing the idea at Xbox program. So it was just serendipitous that they have this new program for independent developers. Mm-hmm. We're an independent developer making this crazy new game, and they're following it on Twitter. So that all came together like a few weeks later. We're at GDC. And the game that we have at that point is uh, kind of a sports game. You, you're trying to get a ball into a goal. And the very simple explanation of it is there's two teams. You're trying to get the ball into a goal on the other on your side, and they're trying to get the ball on their side. And that's basically it. <laughs> uh, but there's all these crazy rules, and the way you play it is all mixed together because these are from ideas from all over the world. So it's, it feels like a Mario Brothers game because you're platforming. It feels like Sensible Soccer NBA Jam because it has this ball that's kind of got basketball physics. Right. It feels like... Um, Football, because of the number of players and the kind of plays you can do and all this stuff, it's not really like detailed in plays, right. but there's a strategy to it all. Right. So you get that strategy feel. It feels like hockey with a penalty box right. and all this stuff. So it's like somebody said at one point, like it's a, it's all the sports. It's not like any one sport. <laughs> it's all the sports. So it's this heavy sports game, but because it was created on Twitter um, and online, we integrated Twitter into the game as well as Twitch. So the whole thing about sharing this game development experience got extended into the gameplay itself. So anybody who's watching us stream the game can interact with the game with what we call hash bombs. So you can actually, while two teams are playing, whether they're teams local or online, you can turn out the lights, reverse gravity, do all these different things to the game. There's hundreds of these things now that affect the game. You can rickroll the game. You can do all this <laughs> kind of stuff. And it was all part of the whole internet experience uh, of developing it now got extended into the gameplay. So you can do all that stuff. And then how ludicrous it is is what I think 
shocks people yeah. because they get into it and they're like usually the first response is like WTF you know, what is this thing <laughs> and uh, people and I've seen this it's been amazing I've collected these tweets where somebody gets in there and they're like what is this garbage like mm-hmm. I can't like this is just whatever <laughs> then three tweets later are like okay this part's kind of cool but it's still like I don't know how this even gets in games with gold and then like ten tweets later they're like get this game <laughs> which is amazing to see like that transformation because there's a lot of assumption when you look at it right. it looks very basic it looks like an right. Atari game right. whatever but when you get in it, you, you understand because it was um, all these crazy, dumb things were pulled together in a way that just somehow works. It just holds together. And the reason it looks 8-bit is because you can create your own characters and then it has a QR code and it can't be that big. And so there's all these technical reasons why it is what it is, but it designed it to, the, to what we could do for all the features it has. Because you have a creative suite to create characters, logos, even your victory tune for your team is all in there <laughs> and people are going crazy. There's over two million characters been created in the last five days. Amazing. Oh my god! Amazing. So, what? It's <laughs> we got all these weird stats, right? So it's like that's insane. And then songs are almost up there. I forgot how many are there, but it's like not as big. But it's like people are creating really incredible songs. Oh. And then like the subreddit took off, oh. and people are sharing creations on there. And like it's so in the at the end, you've got this crazy sports game that's a like a mix of everything. Um, with crazy rules and everything like that. You've got these halftime shows that are like other games that are in there just to break up the action. And then when you achieve things in the game, like high scores or other things that are part of the achievement list, these things actually unlock actual food recipes that were provided by people who develop games and also like to cook. So it's just this bizarre mix of things that when pulled together somehow works. And that's that's kind of IDAR, but it's a hot mess is what it is. (laughs) But it, it works... And people really enjoy yes. it. Back of the box quote, Idarb, hot mess. Hot mess. It's it. Mike, Mike. Best thing to say, it's a hot mess. And uh, <laughs> and a lot of other people call it that too, but they, they love it. Right, which right. Is it's, great. A, it's a hot I'm, mess. I'm emphasizing the, the cheesy Yeah, exactly. I'm emphasizing the love it because like months ago, as you guys know, I'm like, I don't think anybody's going to like this. <laughs> so now I've got it validated. I'm like, people do love yes. it. They like the me. The crazy like, thing like, is like knowing that we had that specific conversation right. and now seeing <laughs> the freaking... The the crazy thing is seeing the amount of people who, when they talk about your game, it's not in just like the usual, hey, this is cool. This is all right. I kind of like this. Yep. Right. People are on like the next level of like, this could be a game that is game of this year, sports right. game of the year. This could be something that, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to put all this on your shoulders, but <laughs> game that could possibly, you know, the Xbox, Xbox is lagging back in, in sales and kind of in, in the, in, in. Uh, thought as far as what people are talking about when they buy their next gen console and they're like I die might be a game that may bring the Xbox back a little bit to kind of like give people more sales and stuff like that how does that how does that feel that's craziness that that is craziness because I mean even today I was when I see these I usually read them out loud to everybody in the office because <laughs> one guy today was like yesterday bought an Xbox one for IDARB Wow. And he's like, today, went back and bought seven more controllers. Oh, <laughs> it's <holy> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this guy just dropped nearly $1,000 on our game. Wow. <laughs> like, that's insane. That's so dope. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, it, it's really weird. Like, I, I'm, and you can imagine, like, everybody's really happy. Microsoft's happy and everything like that. So, um, there's a lot going on, of right. course, because of that. And so the game's going to grow and it's going to keep going. And I think people are gonna be really excited where it's going. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 amazing. So uh, we we were at. Uh, well, I, I guess the first first thing we need to talk about is uh, games with gold. Um, yep. So yeah, you know, if you've got an Xbox One like that, like that dude uh, who bought an Xbox One and seven controllers, 
Um, <laughs> he bought it and because he realized he was going to get Xbox Live and the Games with Gold game for February is iDarb. Um, Mike, how did you feel when you found that part out? You know, obviously they come and they talk to you about, you know, this. Uh, we assume that what happens is uh, they say that they'll give you a set amount of money and, and then, you know, that's what it is. And then you, you know, you get to get the, that game gets featured for the month. Um, we won't ask you to talk about that part. Um, we'll leave that as an assumption. And then the, you know, but the other part is we're going to be the featured game of the month. How did that feel? That was, I mean, that was great. That was really good. And the, the thing that made it so exciting was they came to, came to us really early with that. Nice. We oh, okay. Showed the game for the first time to the world in March last year. Right. And it was days after Game Developers Conference that they made that offer. Oh, okay. And, wow. Um, and I, I say this a lot because uh, th- this is something I, I want to give Microsoft a lot of credit for because when we showed that first public showing of the game, it was really a prototype. It was only a few weeks worth of work really put into it, and it was part-time anyways because it was at night. Mm-hmm. And um, they had seen the game. They recognized the potential of the game way earlier than we ever did, and, and nothing says that better than their offer to make it Games with Gold as a launch title. Right. And, um, and like, they're, you know, without getting into details, it was a really good offer. And to have that be for something that, like, internally we were viewing as just kind of like a, a fun diversion. Mm. And, it, and then you see, like, this, this opportunity that is better than most opportunities you have in your career. Right. <laughs> like, sitting there and you're like, how does this happen? And it does put a lot of pressure on you because you have to now deliver on something that you have no idea where the end goals are, right. where the goalposts really are for this. So right. you're like, okay, we signed this. That means we have to do it. Right. And the way we're building it right now is in a way that's unlike any way we've done it before. There's all these unknowns. So it was, it was really scary, but at the same time, exciting and exhilarating because it was, it was undiscovered country for us. And um, so it, it was awesome. The opportunity was great. And we just, we just dove, we, we took it and didn't look back. Right. And, uh, and now to finally have it out and to, see it succeed and then knowing like there was some painful risk in all that for a year right and uh to, to see it succeed is just man it there's no feeling like it man man yeah and and succeed it has i think metacritic right now it's a it's a 79 um but yeah. like even so which is which is a really good score um and and i'm you know i'm not even going to use the uh the modifier for an indie game um yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a really good score on, on Metacritic. Um, and that's including, uh, IGN giving you a 7.5. And in the review, they didn't even mention hash bombs. Um, which is, yeah, which is like, if you, if you're not playing this game and you're not aware, or if you're playing this game and you're not aware of hash bombs, you're missing half of the game. Like, you know, you know I, I give slack to a lot of people. And we're talking about this internally because there's so much thrown at you in this. Game. Right. There's another review that called it like so much spaghetti thrown at the wall. And surprisingly, most of it sticks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so these guys, I've been a reviewer before. And that, it's funny because I'm like trying to stand up for IGN, which is weird. Yeah. Like, right, right. <laughs> but like I've been a reviewer before and you're given only like a week to really digest something and barely sure. that. And so you got to do it and you got to do it quick and right. you got to try to go through stuff. Right, right. And because we threw so much in this game, like I don't begrudge anyone for missing things. Right. Um, because like usually what you do, and especially when we're doing something so weird like that, like a hash bomb is not in any other game really. Right. And so <laughs> when you get this, you, you go through your paces and you review it the way you review any other game. But at the end of the day, it's doing all these other things 
that you wouldn't innately know. And we didn't really, tar- like, you know, we, we kind of failed a little bit because we didn't send a little thing of like, here's what you need to look at right. for reviewers. We just... Yeah, as you guys know, like I just started giving out tokens like Christmas, uh, like Santa Claus. Like here, you have a game, and you have a game. I'm Oprah, right? Like and you have a game, and whatever. And there was no instructions with it. It's like I wasn't telling them that you don't have to pay taxes on that car a year later or anything. Right? So it's like right. that they they kind of got it blind. So that's a little bit on us, but at the same time, seven point five on IGN is a good score. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. It was really it was really hard to like you know right. like there's a little bit of like oh if you only got hash bombs in, but you know seven point five is a good score. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Yeah. That's, yeah. And and. You know, that's kind of to my point that uh, even even with without them realizing that there was this major component of the game that they were missing, the score was still a seven point five. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so that once we saw that and and of course, we were immediately called him and going like, you, you forgot about hash bombs. And then right. uh, I think it was Mitch Dyer who did yeah. the review, and he's just like, "Well, I looked at it, and it didn't move the needle." I was like, "Okay, okay, look at it, all right." Well, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he made an addendum and just like, kind of wrote that up, and it's like, "That's fine, right?" right. I'm not going to push on that. And yeah. um, but then, like after the game launched, all these people—it was, it was amazing to watch. People started tweeting to IGN <laughs> with like hashtag #idarb ten out of ten, right. <laughs> trying to make it look like IGN gave it that. <laughs> so, <laughs> So it's like the the IDARB army now is on patrol. Yeah, yeah. Care of things. And, and, and it's an army for good. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Some of those guys are a little nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I, guess, I guess that kind of flows into a couple of questions. Because we have some questions from um, some folks that we know. And also we had, we had a whole bunch that we were like, well, Mike's going to be on the show. We should have some questions for him. Oh. <laughs> so... So the community, you kind of just talked about that just now. And the community has been, again, like we talked about a little bit earlier, was either it's it's like so for you guys and, and even in the respect of not only just PR and like, hey, this game is great. You should play it. But like you just said, there were well, how many millions were, were done in the past five days of creations of characters? I'm, Over two million characters created, it's, which is it's It's nice. craziness. So there's, uh, I've been following this one guy and his name is section at section 23 underscore 23 on twitter oh, yeah so he he came up with this thing that was 100 sprites in in 100 days i believe yeah he did and i i watched that so closely because it was funny because he was doing all these other game characters and pop culture characters and people just started responding to his 100 sprites in just a matter of days effort and there were was, he was good too his sprites were fantastic yeah yeah and he's sharing these with everybody, and like people are rooting him on and everything. It was it was awesome to see. Yeah, it's it has has stuff like that just been another surprise as well. Like I saw Scribbles doing lots of music and stuff for the game as well. Adrian, uh, what's his name at Adrian C A I C A G I L I. I can't remember. I can't pronounce his last name. I apologize. It's, but he goes by Scribbles. I think he 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 he's on another podcast stuff. He's been doing like crazy ridiculous music as well. Uh, it's really good. He just launched a second video of all his com- music compilation, and he's found a way to do. Uh, he goes out to the menu, and so he'll do different pieces of the song, mm-hmm. and so he'll click at the right time to the next song and the next song, so that you hear the whole thing. <laughs> it's so good. Has stuff like that just been another thing? You're like, I didn't think of that. When did this? You know what I mean? Like, how how much oh, of that yeah. stuff are you seeing now too? I, I, almost everything, really, because some of the character designs are phenomenal. Some characters coming out of Japan are blowing my mind because they're uh, these. I would never have thought you could make uh, and express yourself in the way that some of the, the art coming out of Japan is is doing. Like they're capturing some of these anime characters with eight by sixteen pixels. Like wow. it's unreal, wow. and they're finding ways to do it. 
and then the music too like i like we put all these instruments in bob uh, and i like uh we're just kind of figuring out how to do the music tracker and we put that thing in probably in the last three to four weeks of production so mm-hmm. we didn't have a music tracker until really late and it just seemed like a cool final thing to try to do when we were like okay what else can we throw in here right uh but to have that we didn't really think it through we didn't do whatever but to see people make things with a tool that like we didn't spend much time on but still managed to make like these incredible things is unbelievable it's yeah. really amazing to watch yeah yeah and and you know as of as of this recording we're what five five days in or maybe almost a week now almost a week because like it launched early it, it launched on thursday but with no fanfare so right people figured out that if you searched on the store you could get it right right and that was i think it was a slip up at microsoft i haven't even talked to him about it but it was just kind of like okay that's right. fine um but when we look at the 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 actual downloads they really started on Sunday. Okay. And that's when people really woke up to. There's all the trickle kind of going in and then Sunday right. just exploded. Right. I mean it was so, it was crazy so, though even before that though. People were like when once people were getting codes and then hearing that other folks got codes and hearing oh, yeah. how awesome it was. <laughs> right. I'm sure right. it was nuts right. on your end. <laughs> yeah, well, well look Mike, at this is like a, Mike J Oprah was that, taking care of was taking care of most people. <laughs> so <laughs> it's true like in hindsight like because of this whole thing has been so organic it's not like we were you know geniuses walking through here and like had us pre-planned right but like i was giving out those codes mainly the primary reason i was doing is because i was telling people all year that it would be done by the end of the year and through circumstances i think we got so close that there's just no way we're going to really do it right without um messing up a bunch of stuff like we to be games with gold we have to be done a little bit earlier than we were so Mm. um we got pushed out to February, but I'm like, oh man, all these people who like they were so desperate to get it because they were really behind it and everything like that. Right. So I'm like, okay, I can get all these codes. I'll just start giving those out to people. And I was giving them out to people who were contributing ideas and who have talked with like you guys and everything like that. Right. And um, but then once people started, like, I'm like, you go ahead and talk about it if you want. And so people started posting images and videos and streaming. And the thing that happened was everybody's like, I want that game right now. And so it's like, okay, here's more codes. Here's more right. codes. I ran out of like a thousand really quick, and I'm like, I need more codes to Microsoft for. Before the holiday uh, took off, those poor guys at Microsoft were trying to get me as much codes as I could get. And so <laughs> then we had all these codes out in people's hands. We had like 1,600 out there, I think, in the end. Wow. And um, the thing is, like, letting people stream was the best thing we could have ever done because yes. they would get hundreds to thousands of people looking at this stuff. And it was helping their numbers, which is great because, like, they were trying to get viewership and stuff like right. that. And they had something that was kind of exclusive so they could get attention. But then they were preaching the game to people because they actually yeah. believed in it. So it was like, in hindsight, that was you couldn't plan that, or you can now probably, but like we couldn't at the time. And <laughs> right. that was a, an incredible strategy because it primed us for February. Because by the time the game actually released, the word of mouth was so good, and there's so many people playing it and showing you how to do it and things like that. That it's like for us with no marketing or PR budget, it was just like magic to have that happen because like you couldn't you couldn't put a number on that. Right. Right. Yeah. It's one of right. those things that you don't you don't expect, but once it happens, you're like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, and then certain audiences, like investors or wherever, you're like, yeah, we knew that. So. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. That's, uh, totally meant, by the book. Totally we we to wrote that, that book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I'll talk about is, um, I guess, back, uh, so towards the end of January, we had our first meet and greet at uh, the 42 Lounge up in Milwaukee, and... Uh, you know, I, I behind the scenes, I've really like I, you know, one of those people that went and preached the gospel um, was uh, yours truly when I went up to the 42 Lounge and, and told them 
oh man, this game IDAR would be perfect for this place. And, uh, you know, I made sure that, uh, you and, and, um, you know, that Mike and, and Tony and Lynn were able to meet up with each other in PAX East and, uh, they were able to get yep. a copy of the game and, uh, we, we had the meet and greet and everyone played IDARB and it was just, it was amazing to see how engaged the entire bar was in something interactive. Most of the time you go to a bar and, uh, you know, the only time everyone is watching one thing is, uh is when it's some kind of sporting event, but to watch people play a video game and still the people that were on the sidelines were on their phones trying to hash bomb <laughs> the shit out of them. It was just amazing. Like that was, that was the moment when I truly got it. And I was already a fan. It was just, it was, it was synergy and Nirvana all mixed up into one. I mean, you, you just almost gave me chills here because one of my favorite stories was the um, when they launched Pong and they put it in the Andicaps Tavern mm. um, bar over here in the Bay Area. And they it's one of the it's almost a similar thing. And I don't want I'm not comparing myself to Pong at all, but like the success of Atari. But like the story always was mythical to me and like legendary because they put this thing in there to an unsuspecting audience and they they just waited. And eventually somebody would go up there and put a quarter in. And then realize what was going on and then go get a friend and all that stuff. And it was just kind of like, and then the whole bar was playing this game and they're all waiting to take turns. And then you heard the story about like, it was like the next day or whatever, something's wrong with the game to go over there and it's just flooded with quarters because right. they were playing nonstop. <laughs> and um, so 42 Lounge and watching what was going on there, I wish I could have been there because it looked really exciting and all stuff. And I was getting that vibe on something that like I grew up thinking was like one of the greatest moments in games. And to see that stuff happening again in a bar, because I always thought games were taken away from bars because, like, they started there and then they went home and that's kind of where they stayed. Right. And what you guys, I mean, you guys set this in motion and the notion of having this game played at a bar brought it full circle. Now, this 42 Lounge was like the pilot for this. And now I've I've been talking to, I think it's about, I worked at like seven or eight bars now who have IDARB nights. Awesome. Just already in the first week, right. they've, they, they reached out and they were talking about <laughs> this and that and they're, everybody's wanting to get their ads in the game, of course, and right. all that kind of stuff or finding out ways they can customize. But like, I feel like 42 Lounge kind of like set that up and like you guys set that in motion and now people are seeing and realizing the potential of all that. Yeah, that's amazing. Crazy. And then in my mind, I'm like, I get when I say I get chills, I just think, wow, finally, like games are coming back to bars. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things too where um, the thing that I'm noticing, and this is this is kind of evident in what what happened with me and C when we first got to play online was, you know, we have talked a lot about what is going to be the game that we're finally going to play? Cause he had like, I, I didn't have an Xbox one for most of the time that we've done the show. And then I, f- I finally got one. Right. Um, and then I was like, all right, well, I Darby is going to come out. So that'll be the game. We finally, finally get to play against each other and play with each other. <laughs> and, uh, so we get on, we have the battle of Bricago. Right. That's on Twitter. <laughs> um, and we do that and we, we, we get on and we're like, I'm live tweeting the, the, the like scores <laughs> and stuff. And it's and it's amazing because it's one of the first times I've gotten in, in a long time I got my wife to play with me, um, and ha- we both were like two on two, me me and my wife and see his <laughs> girlfriend, and it's like pandemonium in our house. It's like oh, yeah. people screaming at each other and people screaming at each other through <laughs> through the internet, <laughs> and it's like the thing that I keep noticing is that 
you know, it's awesome that that this is becoming something like you said, a more interactive thing that you can do in other places besides just watch, you know, sports and watch and watch and watch like big, big sporting events. It's something that you can get a whole bunch of people around and they don't know anything about the game itself, but they have figured out a way to kind of like get all the small details because it, it's intuitive. I know a lot of stuff gets lost in the in the translation sometimes if you're not attuned to to using a controller or stuff like that, but. Even C was telling me like people who didn't pick who didn't really play games were picking up controllers, doing well yeah. and having lots and lots of fun. Lots and lots of fun. So yeah. so things like that in and of itself right. are really hard to get across as far as get doing that in a game. And it seems like IDARB is is one of the games, one of the one of the new games that's doing that really well. So kudos to you for 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 having all that kind of stuff just work out the box. Um, <laughs> well, it's been fun watching people like get heated in a game like <laughs> people are streaming now like watching them shouting so hard we watched um it was a german feed the, the rocket bean i think is like and watching that guy finally when he scored because he wasn't scoring for almost the entire game he finally made a score he jumped up ran around the studio kicked a plant down <laughs> and started like hitting things he was so excited and it was like and he just basically erupted and it was just amazing to see raw emotion coming out of somebody for a game that looks so simple and like when you look at it you're like what why do people like this right but right. there's a lot under the hood and i'm so glad mm-hmm. people are seeing it because um i'm a, i'm a like I, i'm really a big sucker for telegraphing and games and all this stuff and like putting in things the reason it's really simple too is so people can read the screen as well as they can because there's a lot going on it moves really fast right. and if you if it was a lot of detail on the screen you'd lose yourself even more and so like trying to keep things very like um separated and everything like that and very simple and clean really helps you follow what's going on and um, then there's, there's a whole, like, if you just stop and look at what's going on in the game, when you shoot the ball and you go into the goal, or when you have the ball, arrows show up pointing you to the goal you're supposed to be at. Right. When you score, the arrows show where your score is. And there's all these things that are, like, are trying to guide your eye to something that's, like, uh, important. And it's always happening. Like, whenever you're near a goal and you see the lines come up for, like, you know, the five-point line, the three-point line. And right, all stuff, right. You don't notice that the first 20 times you play but then as you start figuring it out you start to realize oh that's what this is for and that's what this is for and it's like that my hope was that people would discover all those things and realize they're there to help yeah and uh, and even better it's subconsciously there and 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 that sort of thing and it's a lost art because that stuff doesn't work anymore with games that have so much going on as far as visual stuff that's going on it's really hard to get all this stuff fitting on the screen but when you go back to this older style where everybody sees everything all at once and not just from one perspective um, you can do that again, and it was like it was, it was kind of like going back to like the lost black arts of game development <laughs> and trying to get the stuff back in. I was reading old books. I'm looking at the stuff like what people are talking about, like, techniques for old games and all stuff. And there's all these like crazy theories, the things like semiotics and all stuff. And I like when I was doing all this stuff, I was reading all these books, mm-hmm. and like it's one of these, it's like my dark secret because like I, I just always tell a line of like oh we just threw stuff at it. And really <laughs> I was doing my homework. I was really doing my homework because I wanted it to be good, and yeah. so all that stuff I just piled it on. Can, nice. can can we get into a little bit of that? Because I think that's really important, actually. Um, I, I think one of the things, and I know that you probably, you've probably seen this in the time that you've been lurking on Twitch and watching people play. Like, what are some of the things that people don't get initially that you see by the second or third round that they've finally kind of clicked in their head? Like, what, what is oh, some- aiming. Yeah, like aiming. Yeah. Like, aiming the ball is one of the things. Right. Like, they usually just try to jump and get the ball in horizontally. Mm-hmm. Right. And eventually they realize there's a little dot that's like they're aiming reticle. And once they see that and they see it, they're moving, then they, they start to see the ball take the arc and all that stuff. And then 
usually it's like sometime by the third quarter or fourth quarter, they're starting to get that the ball can be aimed and shot with the left stick. Right. And right. There's a lot of people, even today, there's somebody saying like, why didn't you put the aiming reticle on the right stick? We had it on that a while ago. And the thing was that was really unique about that is uh, players who don't, people who didn't play games very much, they can't, they still can't grok the two joysticks. Right, um, right. And so it just doesn't work for them. Right. And so when I put it on the left stick, remarkably and miraculously, they understood that better for whatever reason. So it's like, hmm. okay, that simplifies it, even though it's more complicated. Right. It also made it more of a skill thing because you have to move and aim at the same time. So when you jump, yeah. you immediately try to aim right after and then you land it or do whatever. And so it, it made it a, a skill that you had to learn. Like a lot of the stuff that happens in iDARB and a lot of older games is, is like skateboarding where you start skating for, skateboarding for the first time and you suck. And then like you know, after that first year of like trying to do everything, you're, you're pretty good at skateboarding. Right. That We didn't want like iDARB to be a game where you unlock skills and it automatically does it for you. It had to be something that had to be more visceral than that. Uh, at least in my mind, sure. where as you get better, you get re- you actually get better because it's your physical stamina and skill and your abilities that get better, not a stat in a game that makes you better. Right. And that's again that goes back to a lost art too, because very few games do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one of the things that was awesome on a, on a personal level for us, Mike, um, was the uh, the first time. We loaded up the game and we we were watching it, um, you know, the the uh, the wacky music and listening to that um, was when our logo came up and uh, we, you know, we got to see Spawn on me in a video game. And then uh, spoiler alert, if you run through the credits, um, you get to listen to a wonderfully tongue uh, full in cheek. Um, (laughs) song, song talking about, uh, the wonderful things that, uh, went through making the game and the people that are there and that other lady, um, getting to (laughs) getting, getting our, uh, getting to see our names in the credits was, was amazing. Um, so, so personally, um, thank you very much for that. That was, that was awesome. Oh, no, that's the least I can do. And honestly, like, you see there's a lot of uh, people are like, wow, so many people worked on the game. And the reality is there's just a small group of us here, really. Right. But, like, the number of people that are in that list actually had a, a meaningful impact on us when we were developing the game. And you guys are in there, too, because we were nobodies with this game. Like, nobody knew what this game was, and it, you, which, there's no way we could get the word out. Nobody, you can imagine, like, when users first see screenshots, they're like, what is this you know, thing? <laughs> right. It doesn't make any sense. I don't want it. <laughs> you can imagine right. anybody else being like that too and right. if it wasn't for like guys like you and a lot of other people in that list who were like developers who saw the game and understood what it was and what it stood for that came like you guys stood by our side and like helped us get the word out Absolutely. and that's something that like we felt personally means that you're on the team and we could never have gotten this as far as we did without you guys so everybody in that list it's a giant list but like that many people came to our aid right. and it was amazing you have stuff like you know people like Cliff Blazinski right. and you have mm-hmm. people like Tim Schaefer and all these guys right. who at one point in this development did something for us that helped us get over a hump and um, it's, it's amazing because we were talking about this I think even before the show started recording but the community as a whole despite all the things that happened last year from like Gamergate right. and all this stuff right. that at its core at its heart is this amazing community of people Oh yeah, and yeah. It, you, you feel that love when you're doing these things and so iDarb is one of these things. It's a product that has no, like, could never have had a chance if it wasn't for all those people. Um, so, it, you know, we were very happy to put all that there. 
Yeah, um, that was thank you, thank you so much for those yeah. kind words, man. That that right. just kind of blew me away. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. damn. And also Frank Zafaldi's uh, Dick Tracy trench coat. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> which yes, <laughs> which which was which, which was amazing. Yeah. I tweeted that. See the see the crazy thing is, and I wish I wish Frank was here. Frank was supposed to be on the show this week, but he had some he had some uh, uh, other plans and other things that were going on in the real world. Um, but the crazy thing was when I saw I knew of Frank before I knew that he was connected to the game. I didn't even know that you yeah. guys were together in any form or fashion <laughs> because he and I were like two of the dudes on the internet screaming at gamer gators all day. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, I know. Right. And and like um, you know, it's one of those things where like in the heat of the whole Gamergate thing, um it, it was tough because like he's really passionate and rightly so yeah. on all these issues and um and then we also have we have to balance all that stuff with like you know people we're working with and like right. how do you do whatever and like he was walking a delicate line with all that stuff but every here's like rooting for him and everything like that and I'm like I just got to get this game done and <laughs> all stuff but during all that stuff like he managed to come in and uh, I mean he was a huge part of the development of this game mm-hmm. but I think one of the best parts he contributed was the story the single player story oh my god that's oh in yeah there, which, which is so which is good too hilarious it's so dope it's so funny. And he did all the design tweaking on all the AI. He made coffee like super awesome. And those were all his ideas. And he brought all that to the table all while he's also dealing with, you know, personal convictions on, on right. some of these issues that were going right. on. Right. And, you know, he, he really, he's awesome. And, um, uh, seeing him in his Dick Tracy trench coat was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie. He was trying to find a photo for us and like he's like i don't have a photo and he's like i, I don't think i can have a photo in the game so i just got on facebook and found one that he posted <laughs> like years ago and i'm like i'm using this one <laughs> that's amazing. great amazing <laughs> that's great i will always rock with frank just because of that and now and then <laughs> then i found out that, that he was working on the game with you and i was like oh that's my dude i was yeah. like we gotta we gotta he, figure awesome. that out we gotta we gotta figure out a way to get frank uh, to, to hang with us at some point. Oh, he wanted to. You know, he's working on a super secret project right now that's Ooh. been really, really like. Uh, you know, it's been it's been a good. It's a great project, and he, it's it's something that he really, really believes in. So he's working really hard on it. Very cool. So he was just like, even by midday today, he looked pretty exhausted, and it was just kind of like, I don't, I don't think I can do it. No, nah, <laughs> like, okay, it's totally fine. <laughs> you go get some rest. You can do it another time. But right. he was he. He really want to be on the show. Much love to you, Frank. We see we see you out in the world. When that when that project comes out, we'll, 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 we got you. Absolutely. Well, you'll, you guys will be happy with what he's working on. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, right on. Well, we're we're already happy on with what he was he, what he was working on. So. Uh, yep. Yeah, we we uh, we feel pretty good about that. So I I wanna I wanna pivot uh, just a little bit off of uh, the love fest that is IDARB. There really is a lot to love, um, but. Uh, um, you know, you, you talked about Gamergate and, um, you know, the last time you were here, um, none of that stuff had really come to the surface in, in, in the, in a real way. Um, but I would like to be one of the first people to, to kind of, to, to say that we won, um, and declare yep. a victory over Gamergate. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that we really got to see was, uh, people galvanize together and and really kind of shout down the bullies in a, in a in a very real way like at first the bullies pushed and i think you know people pushed back in in a in a tangible way um so that that was that's something that you know that really makes me proud and and you know you were always on the front line so uh it's you know it's awesome to be able to to see all of that stuff happen. So um, it's been great. It ha- it has, and I couldn't like 
I wish I had a stronger voice during it all because like I was in the heat of this right, development absolutely. and everything like that. But like I would try to poke in wherever I could where, where my convictions were. But to see people who um, to see the strength come out of people during that whole thing that I mean that's why it took so long is because the people who who fought back knew how to fight the right way. Right. And they they were they were assembling the armies and all while they were doing that like um the 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 worst of of what was going on saw it as like you know all these victories along the way mm-hmm. and um not to put it all in war terms or whatever right. but like <laughs> but in gaming terms I guess right the balance right. of power right. but um but ultimately you know it's like people who threaten other people's lives and like livelihoods they're going to lose and right. it was just a matter of time and it was and it had to be done the right way and ultimately it burnt it's like you know rome burned itself out from the center sure. or whatever and these things sort of happened but like they they just were not organ you can you could not have enough google sheets that you're sharing with other members of your organization <laughs> to be organized enough and rally enough for for a cause that um was from the very beginning like bunk so right right it, it was just uh I'm, I'm glad things have settled down and i mean yeah. we were getting ddos attacked all the time because oh, we were part of the igf that's right a game festival right. um thing and so they are they were attacking everybody right on that right. and it didn't matter who they were they just because you're an independent developer and you were elected or nominated in this thing therefore you were the enemy and so we couldn't keep our website up and none of the stuff it was just like these things, but we just took it in stride, and we're like, you know, this these sorts of things generally solve themselves because the people who were like getting so caught up in it were getting caught up in a fiction, sure, and like reality was very different, and that 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 will always, you know, that will always show itself, and for a lot of those people, like once law enforcement and stuff started getting involved and they they got in trouble. It really, you saw, you saw the tears come out and everything right. else, and you realized like, this, right. you know, your your reality is not real and that right. kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. there was a, a lot of stuff like that going yeah. on, and um, and man, major kudos to some of those people out there who endured the worst, and right. um, yeah. you know, and we of course we all supported them and everything like that, but right. like, right, but uh, they, yeah, no, they matter, have no amount it, of support yeah. can help your emotions in those situations, sure. right? Like, um, you can offer somebody your house, you can do this, you can do that, and you can right. you can like try to help. And in all kinds of ways, but at the end of the day, you're still a target, and right. for whatever reason, you were targeted, and that was so frustrating to watch. Yeah, right. it was right. it was one of the worst things in gaming to see in a long time. But I think I think the beauty of it, looking at it now in hindsight, because we can say that we're looking at it in hindsight and looking at it from the rearview mirror, is that gaming at this point right now feels like it's coming to a really good spot. And right. It feels like yeah. people on both the dev side and the consumer side are kind of finding all the 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 things that they have in common as opposed to things that they don't and that seems to be something that's really good for everyone involved um and it feels like idarb to a certain extent is a part of that kind of right. uh, resurgence and that kind of re reaffirmation that gaming is good and and, and can be fun oh yeah and, i mean let's look the, the, the thing is like you get that hive mentality going and there's there's people who are you know in, in different places on the spectrum that like a good majority of those people you can forgive and all that sort of stuff too sure. because like they got caught up in something. Right, mm-hmm. absolutely. And like right now what I think is happening is like people are starting to, to mend over this and then right. realizing they're really like there's there's arguments going on on Twitter that were really funny because I, I, I was starting to use a phrase I use internally is like there were heated agreements <laughs> because like, they're arguing yeah. over something where you're like you start to lose yeah. focus on who was arguing for what because right. at the end of the day a big group of, of people were, were just mad about something. 
and and then there were factions of them that were doing horrible things right and and, and on all fronts too like you know even on the the other side there were some people who were like taking vigilante <laughs> things in their own hands sure. too You're like yeah. man we can't like this, this is all gotta stop right and it was just like exploding but the beauty of it is like as you described it like essentially like that all fizzled out and people are are, are now coming around and it's kind of what i like about gamers in general and, and gaming is that when I got into it and in, in those early days, like that was, it was very progressive thinkers who played games. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the early computer guys right. were very progressive thinkers. And so I learned a lot about crazy issues and stories and sci-fi and all this stuff from these very progressive thinkers who were making games and computer, computer products and all this stuff. And they were like heroes of mine growing up. So when that stuff was all going down, I'm like, how did it turn so south? Cause like most people, a lot of gamers I know are very progressive thinking people and it was funny. It's easy for people to classify, uh, you know, people into like, oh, Call of Duty players are like the the Gamergate, and it's like that's horrible. No, they're not. Right, 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 right. <laughs> all I say is like, it, it's it was so easy for people to try to classify others, and I'm like, at the end of the day, we're all gamers, and what brought us here were were things that we believed in and had fun with, and it was all about fun. And right. this is not fun. Right. And I think right. people are coming back to fun. Right. Absolutely. That's what I mean. That's why IDARB is like. IDARB is meant to be just completely fun, and it's not trying to be political or not trying to make a statement. Nope. It's not trying to any of that stuff. It's all about, like, we're just going to have a good time. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And everybody shut up. Let's have fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what, we're, that's you what know it's what? all about. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to shut up, and we're going to have fun with our music break. That's all it. right. Yeah. Yes. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna head into our music break really quick. Uh, we are here with Mike Micah. Damn it, iDarb is dope. Yeah, <laughs> boy. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to hit our music break, and we're going to do that right after this. I was making Japanese, and she's watching DVDs. Try once and it's on to the next chick. X or the old face on your exes. Right? 
And we can do the same thing if you want to have at it when your thoughts can't breathe and you're thinking asthmatic and you want to be a mom and I wasn't mad at it, I was thinking about me, I'll be really bad at it cause I'm thinking about me. Weeks in Dubai, 4th of July, house in Kauai, yeah we can try. So let's try. Alright, well welcome back to the Spawn On Me podcast episode 48, uh, Khalif Adams, I'm Cicero Holmes, and that guy on the other side over there is the lead developer creator of uh the little game on the xbox one called idarb mike j micah and uh thanks for (laughs) (laughs) thanks for uh that was that was suave right right it it was it was pretty billy d williams of him um mike's probably over there drinking a colt 45 Um, colt 45 (laughs) tall i'm i'm all set Right. Oh my god. Sh- um, when you want to do when you want to have the four, Colt 45 conversation, we should all just have- You know <laughs> Lando I the first beer I ever had was Lando's. I was <laughs> at Colt nice. 45. This is the very first beer I ever drank. Nice. Because it was Lando. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was so my great. thinking. Oh, that shows you how young I was where I was like, "Well, I'm going to drink what Lando drinks." <laughs> uh, you better be I careful. Mean, that's going to wind up in your That's going to wind up in your wiki. <laughs> right, <know>. right. Exactly. <laughs> Look, ma, the first one I drank, it was a Colt 45. <laughs> it was oh. a Colt 45. Um, so, right, so yeah, I'm, well, I'm sorry, I stepped all over you. Right, so it's ahead. okay. I mean, um, I hope you guys enjoyed the the music break. Uh, the music break was uh, "Childish Gambino" uh, featuring Lloyd. Um, the song is called "Telegraph Avenue." Lloyd sings a song within that song. It's songception called "Oakland," um, and and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And the reason that it was picked, of course, was. Because our great guest, Mike J. Micah, is from Oakland. So I'm sure Telegraph Avenue means uh, a little something to you. I can walk to Telegraph from my office right now. I'm looking out my window going like, it's just <laughs> over there. <laughs> Thanks for that nice. song, guys. That's awesome. No problem. <laughs> nice. No problem. No problem. So, nice, uh, nice, nice. Yeah, so, uh, you know, um, Mike's here. IDARB is is everywhere now. Um, people are loving it. Um and we'll we'll talk a little bit about about IDARB again in a second. You know, this is the IDARB Love Fest. Um, but uh, the the other things that I have love for is is Mike Mike J Mike the person, and and one of the things that that makes Mike awesome is uh, is how uh, he you know he has this great relationship with his daughter. He he built um, he redesigned. Donkey Kong, so that um, the princess, uh, what was her name? Was it Pearl? Darla? Pauline. Pearl? Pauline. Pauline, that's what it was. Um, yeah, so that Pauline could actually save Jumpman as opposed to, aka Mario, as opposed to the other way around. And, uh, you know, that was awesome. And, uh, you know, I want to say that. So a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, some women from the Code Liberation Front, which is a, is a, a group of women who try to encourage women and young girls to learn how to code and get into the games industry. Um, uh, so is your daughter who I know she's a little young, but is she, is she coding yet? And uh, if so, <laughs> how long before the Micah family game jam? Oh, you know, it's coming up quick because her older brother just had his first computer class at school and he's in He's in second grade, but it was like a coding night, and they're introducing kids to the program, and he loved it. And so he's been 
telling my daughter all about it and the exercises he does on the web. Now she's kind of playing around with too. So you can see them just totally getting into it. And she draws and does all this artwork and she comes up with her own concepts for games. And sometimes I'll bring them into the office and what they like to do is sit at the table and draw video games on paper and talk about what they are and all stuff and play some games to get some ideas and that sort of stuff. So maybe sooner rather than later, we're going to have that game jam. (laughs) (laughs) They're really into it. And they, they, I was worried having kids because usually, you know, your generation and what you like is not what your kids like because they would right, probably like right. to not have anything to do with it. Um, right. But we really do bond over games and they, they really like it. In fact, they um, almost too much because I, I see a little bit too much of me in them because every morning that's all they want to do is play games <laughs> and not get ready for school or any of that kind of stuff. But um, it's amazing because they, they take a lot for granted still. So I'm trying to do that whole I got to get them to understand where things came from and, and all that stuff. Sure. So um, like I get them like it's funny because I used to joke with Chris Charla, who's the head of the ID at Xbox program. Mm-hmm. And before we had kids, we we're like, you know, you have kids and here's how you do it. And here's what you do. Like introduce them to Pong first. You move into, <laughs> you know, Atari at this time and that stuff. And so I, I didn't really follow that program too well, but I, I'm trying. <laughs> and so they know things like I can show them um, or I can play a sound like a Pac-Man sound. And my daughter and my son will be like Pac-Man. And they right. they know nice. all the classics and they, they okay. know where it all comes from. So they've got a, they've got a good foundation. Nice, nice. nice. So, um, weren't you working on the? Uh, there was a project with the Library of Congress mm-hmm. for video so, games. How's how's that going? So Dave Gibson and 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 Brian. Oh, I can't believe I forget Space Gunner's last name. Brian Taves uh, huh. and crew over at Library of Congress. They've been working really hard to make sure that games are preserved in the Library of Congress just as much as movies and books and all that sort of thing. So um, they started years ago with the initiative to make sure that source code and any digital titles as well as box titles are being preserved at the Library of Congress for generations to come and that um, future generations can come back and see these works of art, as they, they will say too, that are, and be, have those made available to future generations. So, what they ideally would like to do, and this Frank and I went out there a couple of years ago when the um, Art of Video Games exhibition opened at the Smithsonian, and we nice. visited the Library of Congress, and, and we were able to talk with them quite a bit about like methods of uh, preserving these games and, and that sort of thing. So they, they're, they're great over there, and their intentions are incredible. And the, the thing that really blocks it is that a lot of game companies don't know how to interface with them properly because once a game's done... And you've got mm-hmm. all this source code and everything like that. There's all these things where uh, they're worried about other people being able to see their source code. What is something that's proprietary? Right, um, right. What right. is the legalities of giving it to the Library of Congress if they want future generations to see your source code and all that stuff? That's all, you know, kind of crazy. Right. So they're trying to <laughs> convince these companies to, um, you know, trust the Library of Congress. They've got ways to uh, alleviate some of those fears, but that conversation is just so hard for them to have. Because mm-hmm. it just seems like work for these companies. But then while that's all going on and we're waiting and we, we don't make progress there, we're losing source code to big games that now uh, one of the other things my company does here with you know Frank and I do and everything is we try to recreate older games for future platforms. So we'll go back and we'll find like old classic games and we're like, well, this needs to be on Xbox One and all stuff. And so we'll get these things, but they you'll find out more often than not now they don't have the source code anymore for those games. And so all you can do is either emulate or rebuild it. And that's the wor- that's where the real crime's happening because somewhere along the way, they didn't have their own methods of preserving these games or archiving. 
And often, right. oftentimes, they will overwrite the another game just because oh. they didn't feel like getting another hard drive or something. And so wow. it's a shame. We're losing so many games. Wow. And so Library of Congress is there. And their dream is that, you know, before you erase that hard drive or write something, let them have it. Let them make a copy to preserve it, and then you can come back and get it. Because they do this for film. They have the first and second negative um, of Frankenstein, the movie, the old 1930s or whatever it was, Frankenstein. The nitrates of that film. And when it comes Mm -hmm. time, when you see all these Blu-ray remasters, more often than not, these film companies like MGM and stuff are going to the Library of Congress to get the original negative and then remaster from that. If the Library of Congress didn't hold on to that stuff, we would probably lose these films. And that's that's mm. where games are going, too. Because like you look at it now, a lot of digital titles are getting delisted and all this sort of stuff. Where mm-hmm. where where will you see those titles again, or where will you find the source code for those things? Most of those titles, like the source code's gone, or it's, it's at home in somebody's house. They're going to forget about it in two years. And right. you, know, you, know, you don't know what's going to happen with that stuff. So they're working really hard to educate people and uh, companies and and even like anybody who's working on small projects, even if it's just a small little game you're making out of college, someday you might be the next Will Wright and that game you worked on in college. Or Mike Micah. (laughs) Or Mike Micah. (laughs) 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 Yeah. That little game you made is like, uh, it's, it's a historical document because it led to your success and maybe some innovation in gaming that they want to preserve. So Obviously, I, Idar, we, we talked to him. We're like, you can have everything. Like, you, you right. every version of it, everything, it's all yours. And so we're, we got to prep that up and get that over to the Library of Congress because we, we want to set an example for other people that this is how you should do sure. it. Sure. And it's, it's such a burden off of these other companies' shoulders because they, they don't like holding on to this stuff. They have to spend money to keep right. it there and all stuff. Give it to the Library of Congress because then they will spend the money and effort and make sure that's preserved and that it will be preserved sure. forever. And so, right. Yeah. Back, backups are expensive, man. They really are. And yeah. if yeah. you have somebody like the Library of Congress where that's what they do and that's their purpose to preserve these, these works of art, that's, right. that's the easiest thing for you to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sysadmin, so I know all about oh, backups yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and how expensive archiving really is. So, and it's cheaper now than it's ever been. It is, um, and, and, it, and it's still it's still expensive. Because so. at the end of the day, somebody has to know where it is and maintain it, right. and like exactly. that's where the expense right. is on that person. Right. And right. and that person often will not be around for very long, and they may not have kept track of it very well, and then that's what right. thing breaks down. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, so you were you were um, you're so you're famous now, or you're you're on your way to being super famous now <laughs> um, as a result of uh, as a result of of IDARB. Um, but people may have actually gotten a chance to see you. One of the actually one of the first times that I've seen you. Uh, in as a complete person was in uh the documentary Atari Game Over um <laughs> yep. where they excavated uh the ET cartridge um from the fabled New Mexican landfill um yeah i mean like it was awesome to see you there so were you like at, were you actually at the dig site i was when they excavated yeah i was there for the day i i wouldn't miss it for the world and it was nice. such a weird Last year was a crazy year because I'm in a documentary. I'm like making an Xbox One game. I'm doing all this. I'm Library of Congress, Smithsonian, also like these. It's all over the place. But um, one of the the biggest highlights was definitely going to New Mexico to be part of the excavation because 
I don't know, it was like middle of last year, Gary Whitta, who just got done writing the the next Star Wars movie. Um, right. mm-hmm. He's an old friend of mine, and like he was talking to Zach Penn, who was the director of the documentary, and yeah. he was like, and Zach was wanting Gary in this documentary, and Gary's like, you need to talk to Mike Micah. And Zach's like, who? You know, whatever. And right. like, <laughs> so he, he put me in touch with Zach, and I was telling Zach all this stuff, and like I had, years ago, when I was a journalist for Next Gen Game Magazine, it was my job to try to find what happened, find out what happened to the ET cartridges in New Mexico. And sure. so I followed all these trails and all this stuff and everything like that. So I started talking to Zach and I was just like, we were just talking about all everything we knew about what was going on and everything like that. And um, so I, I started contributing a lot to the documentary, whether it was uh, artifacts like old games that were related to it or who to talk to and all this stuff. So I played kind of like a little little role in all that stuff. And then Zach asked me if I wanted to come out to New Mexico desert because uh, a little unknown fact or little known fact at least is that when I was growing up in Michigan, um, the first game developer I ever spoke to a real life game developer was Howard Scott Warshaw who created the ET. Sure. And I was Mm -hmm. working on this little (laughs) dinky Yars Revenge. Yars Revenge was another game that he made. I was making a Game Boy version of Yars Revenge as a homebrew game for the Game Boy. It was the very first Game Boy homebrew, I think. Wow. And, um, so I put it out on, online for people to try out and everything like that. And somebody, a friend of mine, had emailed me going like, hey, you know what? The guy who made that game, he talks on these IRQ chats or whatever. And I've got his email address. So you should talk to him and tell him what you're doing. I'm like, oh, that's kind of crazy. I'll do that. <laughs> so I emailed him. And I told him what I was doing, put him to the website where the game was. And he's like, well, where are you? And I'm like, well, I'm over here just outside of Detroit. Or he's like, I'm going to be out there in, in the next week uh, for my job that I'm doing. He's like, uh, we should meet up and let's talk about stuff. I'm like, oh my god! Like, I was got worse. I was coming to Detroit. Like, this is nuts. <laughs> and right. so Bob Baffy, who did the music for IDAR, he and I were making these games together and stuff. And he helped me with that Yards Revenge game. So we drove out to his hotel, hung out in the hotel bar, and he. This is like early internet, so he was telling us all these stories about Atari that we all now know. But at the time, mm-hmm. nobody knew these right. stories, like what was going on and how oh, man. it all melted and stuff. Oh, man. So my mind was just blown with all this stuff. And, and oh, I was showing him my nice. Yards Revenge game and all this stuff. And like he told me about some of the things he was trying to do for Yards Revenge 2, which was an intended thing that he wanted to make. And I'm like, mm-hmm. can I put that in this game? And he's like, go for it. And it was just awesome getting all this wow. stuff from him. And then he imparted so much wisdom on us that night that like I held on to a lot of that. And I would talk to him over the years because when I got out to the magazine and all stuff, I would always want to do a story on Howard and all this stuff. And, um, but one of the earliest things he told me was like, um, no matter what you do when you're designing a game, try to keep it as simple as possible. And you know you've got it right when the simplicity can create complexity. Right. And so hmm. it was that yeah. whole thing of like, you know, the onion theory of like every layer and all sure. stuff, but as a whole, it's very simple. And like, um, so I always tried to follow that. And it's really tough to do and everything like that. But like, um, that's at the root of like IDARB and stuff. And, um, but there would be times in my career where, things would get a little sour or whatever and i always would like reach out to howard it wasn't very often but howard i always viewed as a mentor at this point sure. and so like he would come out to the magazine i'd always just tell him like oh, i'm trying to do this and that and he would always give me these little truth bombs or whatever <laughs> and um so when we were doing the documentary and zach's like you know we're, we're trying to get howard involved and by the time he come out to my house zach had come out to my house it was the day after he had done some footage with howard Uh. he said howard's probably gonna come out to the dig and i'm like all right if howard's gonna be there i'm coming out because at this point i think so many people villainize howard for being a guy who helped like destroy the game industry because et ruined everything right and that's you know it couldn't be furthest from the truth right but that that was getting perpetuated online it became this like grand myth so 
I really, my whole motivation really was I wanted to be there and make sure that like people weren't saying, like like framing it that way. Right. And so I was kind of like ready for a fight going out there. <laughs> and then, um, but the, the complete opposite happened. Like I was out there, I got met up with Howard and it was just this awesome time. Yeah. And we got out to the, the dig site that morning when they were getting ready to do the big dig. And this was like, you know, they weren't, I was expecting to be smoke and mirrors, but like they really were like, oh God, I hope there's something here. <laughs> so we showed up and word got out that they're going to be digging. So like Howard's there early with his wife. I'm there. Ernie Klein, right. who wrote Ready Player One, old friend of mine, mm-hmm. like he was there. So it was like a reunion there and we're hanging out. Did you out. ride the DeLorean? And a uh, guy I worked with here. Did you What's ride that? the DeLorean? I did. He, oh man, I, boy, did I ride the DeLorean. <laughs> Ernie is a crazy character. He's like the Indiana Jones of beats. <laughs> is he really? Because he shows, he is, he shows up in his DeLorean. He didn't even really have to be there. Like he, he found out about it. And he's like, I'm going to be there. And he called me up and he's like, dude, I'm going. Are you going? You better go. It's like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And like, uh, he shows up in his DeLorean and we're, we're there that morning. And he's like telling Zach, he's like, if it, if it helps the movie, he's like, I'll just drive the DeLorean towards the pit and bail out and let it fall in the pit. <laughs> and like, Zach's like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what, I don't even know how it would help the story. And uh, like, Ernie's like, it'd just be cool. Right. And I think it's like, Ernie is crazy and awesome. And like, oh. he brought an Atari there and he had like people playing Atari oh, and awesome. like, he had his party that was crazy at this mini golf place that was just <laughs> off the hook oh my god and he's I want to hang out with this dude right uh, everybody yeah. needs to hang out with yeah, Ernie Klein because oh the god. guy is just insane yeah. and so he's there yeah. and he's got his giant full size ET <laughs> right. in his car and he'd just come right. back from um, George R. R. Martin's house right, right? like his theater and stuff and so he's hanging with George R. R. Martin the day before Got his DeLorean from there, drove it over to New Mexico. <laughs> he's like, he's 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 a party animal, and it's just like insane. And he made the whole day even better because he was so into it as well. And he brought all this stuff out for Howard. He brought him like this bull whip and all oh, stuff like this. It's just so cool. And so, um, oh and like, God. of course, he shows up. He's wearing like a red Elliot uh, sweat sweat jacket. And I did too. And we're like, oh God, like are we dressed the same and everything. And um. But yeah, we're driving on the DeLorean and stuff. It was it was just really cool. But like the day was Howard's day because we're there, the stuff's all going on, and then before the dig started to happen, it was like this weird Lawrence of Arabia moment because like the sandstorm starts to kick up, right? And in the sandstorm, you see hundreds of people walking to the dig site. Oh, that's awesome! It's like, what are these people here for? Word got out this was going on, and literally hundreds of people showed up to watch it happen. That's so badass! And they walked through the desert to get there because it's really hard to get there during a sandstorm, like from the beginning of close encounters <laughs> and like they're showing up and it wasn't just a I, out of morbid curiosity these were people who grew up in the area that dug out cartridges when they were buried there and uh, tons of like fans wow. of howards who he didn't even think he had any fans anymore right. these people who were like i loved your game and i hate what people are saying about it and i, I want to be here and see this happen and stuff and people were bringing him gifts and like paintings and uh, it was like emotionally for howard and for all of us really but really for howard it was just like this. You could tell that all these years of him just taking it on the chin and everything else. Yeah. Just it, it just like it all happened at that moment, and like he got really emotional, and it was just like a, it was a beautiful. That's moment. awesome. And so to be part of that and see this like moment in history, and like and then to like kind of correct history, yeah, bit, right? Because yeah. like people blamed ET, and then when they were pulling the stuff up, it was hard to find an ET card. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was everything right. at Atari. Like the reality was Atari was just falling apart. Right. And you could see it, and it was all in that hole, and it wasn't ET, and so it was, it was really amazing, and uh, it was great to see Howard redeemed and and all stuff, and like, you knew, I knew then what the documentary was about because it, originally I think it really was going to try to be focused and be all very tongue in cheek and joke about sure. it, 
and talk about how E.T. ruined things. And then Zach found the story right. and found the truth. And it was just like it, the documentary, uh, any good documentary became what the truth was. Right. And it, it, it turned out some turned out to be something much better. And now it's coming out on like Blu-ray and DVD soon oh. and everything too. It's going to be nuts. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. That's amazing. What? So, yeah. So if you've got an Xbox One, um, the first thing that you need to do is you need to go out and download uh, iDARP for your, for your, with your games with gold. The second thing that you need to do is download for free Atari Game Over. Um, it's on the Xbox <laughs> One. It's a it's an amazing documentary. If you love video games, you definitely need to watch it. And uh, just like Mike said, it, it really changes your perspective on this thing that you thought you knew. If you're a gamer of a certain age, like most of us are, um, this thing that you thought you knew and, and it really, uh, you know, unravels the truth and gives you a perspective that you that you didn't have. At least that's what it did for me. So uh, uh, it was amazing. Um, to sit and watch that and uh, you know thanks for all those stories um, the question I have uh, on on top of that is there anything um, that they didn't show um, in the in the documentary that that uh, that was fun that you want to that you want to share with with the rest of us oh what can I say that well it was it, you know there was um and you see it in some of the outtakes, but Jim Heller, who was there, um, he kind of he shows up and he has a folder full of all the facts. So there was no dispute at some point in midday that like what really happened was documented, and he had it. He was the guy who had it all, and he was the guy who was in charge of the El Paso warehouse. And before that, he was over at um, the Atari headquarters here in San Jose or Milpitas or whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, and um, he. Uh, he was the one who got the order to get rid of everything and he had to find a place that he could bury it at. And he's the one who loaded up the 18 semi trucks of stuff and had it buried there and oversaw it, took photos, documented everything. Cause he was like, he was one of the last guys at Atari cause it was all falling apart. And he was one of the last guys who he was the one who had to go and be the ax man and get rid of a lot of employees. Wow. And then his last duty was, second to last duty was to get rid of all this merchandise in the El Paso warehouse because it was floor to ceiling of returns from retailers. (laughs) And so he had to get rid of all that. And then his very last task was to get rid of himself. And it was like this really weird thing to like hear these stories. And it's just like, oh man, like, and then other people that were not on camera were people that came out from the game industry. Like, um, there, there's a guy there who works at Sony now, and he worked with Jim Heller, and he was he he had he was the counterpart to Jim. Jim had hired him, and he stayed behind over here, and he was the guy who had to have the merchandise that was coming back to the Bay Area destroyed and put in the dump next to a tarp. Wow! And so mm. he was doing all that, and these the way he did it here was he actually had them destroyed, ground up, and then dispersed in the dump. And they would also take some of the ground-up IC chips and stuff like that and mix it with cement and put it down as the pavement for some of the new warehouses in the area because there's good grit on the shoes. Mm. And so you're hearing all these crazy stories, and you're hearing stories from people like um, like the four or five of the people who were uh, now part of the city council in, in Alamogordo. They were just kids at the time, and they, they were taking the games out of the dump when they weren't supposed to. And then uh, there's this old guy that showed up. He was a really old guy, and he was wearing this amazing Adidas tracksuit. Like was, from behind, he looked like he was 18 and, and very thug. But oh, so wait, so wait, Jeff, Jeff Gersman was there? Right. <laughs> yeah, so it was Jeff Gersman, basically. 
Um, so he he was there and he brought his Atari game that was like uh, it, was, it was an ET cartridge that the case was all cracked because that's how he could get it out of the cement. And they had the board and he's like, I played this back in the day, and I just want to get it signed by Howard and all stuff. But he was telling the story about how like when they were dumping all that stuff, you couldn't go anywhere. Every household in Alamogordo had an Atari in every game. Wow. <laughs> and then like every every like store everything like that had an Atari for sale because they were just pulling it all out of the dump. And so he's like. <laughs> For, he was saying, like, to people who are local, it was never a myth because they remembered it vividly and they still have a lot of the stuff. Right. Um, but, like, it was just so weird that nobody had isolated where it was. And it took the internet and it took this movie to really get people to really talk to one another make, and connect the dots. And then, of course, Joe, who was the guy who figured out where it was, uh, a lot of the pressure was on him. Mm. And um, he it was, it was amazing because, like, see him, his face and all the doubt he had on the morning. Because it was just like this is like the last attempt. Because they could, I think the way it worked, um, if I think I have it correct, is they could only make five holes, and they had to figure out like they had to drill in with this really expensive equipment, and hopefully see some evidence of the games. And they could only make five holes because on um like on a like a whatever environmental level, um that there's gas in the ground and stuff like that, and it's like you can't vent more or something like that. I don't know all the details, Mm -hmm. but they. The fifth time was the charm because they had done it and they didn't find anything. And then that fifth time they found some evidence of it. So wow. they're like, okay, we're going to dig here. And so it was just all that tension. The documentary captured a lot of it, but there was even more of it when you were there. Wow. And it's like, okay, wow. this has got to work. Otherwise, we all flew out here and drove out here. And <laughs> all these people walked through the desert to come here for nothing. <laughs> that was like the legend. It was like the legend of Billy Jean. Right. Is it right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, that's oh, crazy. Man. That's well. It's amazing that it all happened. Uh, spoiler alert uh, for those of you who uh, who haven't seen the doc yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we spoiled that about twenty minutes ago. Um, also, sort of. hey, you guys oh, yeah. need to you need to read more. And if you haven't read Ready Player One, you really do need to read Ready Player One. It is it is like a prerequisite. Um, for listening to this show. So if you want to be a resident of Pergargo, you need to make sure that, uh, you know, that when our officers, when our peace officers come and see you, that uh, that you're able to recite, you show your you're able to recite your Ready Player, player One. one. Right. Oh my God, that that turned dark for a minute. Right, right. Jeez, There's people just knocking on your door right, talking right, about exactly. I am the law. Um, I, I have a, I have a couple of quick questions because since we're on since we're on that kind of nostalgic tip, um, and, and you're talking about how um, other ocean will kind of like. Uh, try to try to bring some games back from the dead code kind of to, to bring it to the the newer consoles and newer newer platforms and stuff like that one the questions i have is do you, is there a game that you wish that they would bring back that you is like one of your favorites from back in the day that you would kind of want to see redone and put on a newer a newer gen console that's the first question the second question is there are lots of consoles that have been out over the years i think a lot of people who who are who aren't our age who may be a little bit younger don't remember the the kind of earlier on uh, stuff that didn't necessarily catch on. There were a bunch of systems that did that. Are there any of those systems that you were really fond of that were really near and dear to your heart uh, that you wish that you had some some uh, updated version of or or that you have now hmm. that you you still like to go back to and play? Oh yeah, so I'll start with the what game would I like to bring back, and that's there's a couple. I'll I'll start with like probably the first thing that came to my mind when you asked the question was Jet Moto on PlayStation. Oh, yes. Ooh. Hell, yes. 
Hell yeah. That game was amazing yes. at the time. And, yes. and it still is to me. You know, the frame rate's a little, it's rough to go back to, mm-hmm. right? But in the day, when that was like cutting edge, the concept and everything was great. And with the physics and the visuals we have now, I think it would be an amazing game. And I love yeah. the, just the, the settings and like you're, you're like on these hover bikes going over water in like bogs and swamps. And mm-hmm. it was just kind of, it was a little, maybe a little too hickish in some places, but <laughs> yeah, too much Mountain Dew sponsorship. But like other than that, it was a really fun game to play, and it would be a great online game. Uh, so that yes. one, I'm really fond of that title. I would love to see that come back. And then the other one, with based off of the stuff we have now, like um, the Morpheus and Oculus Rift and stuff like that, but Morpheus in particular, I would love to see Jumping Flash come back. Ooh, that was one of those underrated yeah. games on the PlayStation, and the how you can jump so high and and see like everything around you. I think would be an incredible sensation on the Morpheus. And so, I, 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 like, my dream for Sony is, like, bring Jumping Flashback, or let us bring Jumping Flashback. Right. And um, put it on Morpheus, because that would just, I love the character and the world and all that kind of stuff. So, that's one I, I really like. That's badass. See, See uh, you know, let me ask that of you, too, C, because that's a, that's a good question for, for you, too. Uh, game, game series that I would, would want to see back? Game um, series and, and or uh, console that you really love? Um... You, you know, so uh, I'll I'll just say this really quickly. Um, in terms of physical hardware, I mean, there's nothing that gets that's better than what we currently have. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so that part is easy. Um, game series that I would love to see return. Um, you know what I would love to see? Um, oh. You know what I, I would love to see is, and this this really has a chance of happening, is for the the SNES style Super Star Wars franchise, the platformer to return. Hmm. I would love to see because when you know people talk about licensed games, licensed movie games especially. Um, and they're all terrible. They're all universally terrible. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, you know, to, to the point where you expect them to be terrible. And, and when, when, uh, you know, Mike and his crew put out Sharknado and it was a terrible game, <laughs> that was, that was what it was supposed to be because they knew that licensed games are supposed to be terrible. Sharknado was supposed to be terrible. And that's what made it awesome. Um, the difference between that and those Star Wars, those Super Star Wars games that were licensed and based on the, the original trilogy were amazing games and they were super hard. They were challenging. Um, mm-hmm. So I would love to see uh, the new movies get and, you know, not deal with the second trilogy in a real way, <laughs> I would yeah. love. I would love to see the new movies get that kind of treatment. Nice. nice. Those were great games, yeah. and like you, you framed it really well because movie games were bad in the day, and you would buy them anyways because you 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 were a masochist or whatever or whatever it was <laughs> or what you call it when you're just like you punish yourself, but like right. you would buy it. And you knew it was going to be a certain level of quality, though, and you didn't mind it because you liked the movie or whatever it was, and you just, like, indulge right. in it. Uh, and there were some exceptions, like Star Wars, like Aladdin for Genesis. Yes, like yeah, the Aladdin was amazing. Right. 
But Star Wars captured the music at the time. It was technically cutting edge, and right. it was pushing like the Mode Seven stuff on Super Nintendo to its absolute edge of yes. uh, complexity. And like those games were masterful, and they were so fun. They're so hard, right? And it, but it was worth it because like it paid off, and it was yeah. it was like it was Star Wars when you were playing it. Like you right. felt like you were in Star Wars. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. 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 Yeah. Uh, um, Kai, Kai. Well, you know what. What about you, man? What would you, you know, since we've, we've yeah, gone down this rabbit hole, man, what's what's your, what, what are your choices, console or game? So the game that I would love to see a really good remake of where they don't really mess around with the formula too much is I would love a new Streets of Rage game. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would love a new Streets of Rage game. And I remember there was the, the, there were some folks in the modding community who had done some stuff with it and they like hooked it up and made a new version of it. But I would love to see that on an actual on an actual uh, <clears throat> console. And far, as far as consoles go, uh, I'm going to go real old school. There are two consoles that I grew up with that hardly anybody remembers. Mm-hmm. And I love them to death because they were like my gateway drug into uh, gaming before NES and all that other stuff was. I had a Bally Astrocade. Oh, what? Yes. What is son. that? What is it that? Was, it was the ugliest console known to man. It had wood paneling on the side. It had a. Like an Atari. A, like an Atari, but it was like really gritty and terrible. Really bad. It was worse, <laughs> it was worse than, the, than the old Atari wood paneling. Um, and it had these cartridges that looked like um, cassette. cassettes. Yep, almost. yep, they looked like little cassettes. Um, it had a little touch panel on the front that was like a, a calculator, basically. And it had the dopest controller because it was a trigger and a knob that was an analog <laughs> stick on the top. And I loved that. I loved it, loved it, loved it. So that was one system. I have a boxed Bally Astrocade within three feet of me right now. Get the, no, <laughs> looking at the box What are you talking about? <laughs> I do. As I'm looking at it right as it's on the table, I'm, I feel like I'm going to take a picture right now. Oh, my. You should. You should totally tweet that. That's, I will do I that lo- right now, I so. love that system because it had... <laughs> I had this one game that was um, Artillery Duel. Artillery Duel was the fucking shit because it was like it really was. It was the shit because it was like <laughs> desert golfing, but with but with tanks. I mean, with, with turrets. And you, it, it influenced like scorched earth yep. and even yeah, like desert golfing and all that right. stuff. Yep. And Artillery Artillery Duel is just incredible. Artillery Duel was the shit, and people don't know about that system, and they need to know about that system. So that's one. And the second one was I had a Vextrex. Oh, a yeah, lot of people Vectrex, don't remember yeah. Vextrexes. But yep. Vextrexes were the shit, too. Mm-hmm. I love those old systems. They were, like, my favorite systems to have played. Yes. So those those are the two things that I that I remember from my childhood as being influential and in making me want to learn how to make games and wanted to learn how to how to, how to to play games and stuff like that. So thank you, Grandma, for getting me a Balio Astrocade and, <laughs> and, and getting me a Vextrex to keep me inside the house. Well, the Vectrex had that built-in, because if you didn't put a cartridge in, you had the built-in Mindstorm yep. uh, right. game, yep. which was... Like a really good version of Asteroids, right. mm-hmm. but different. It wasn't actually Asteroids. It was very different, but it was like it scratched that same itch, mm-hmm. and it was so good. Yeah. I would walk into a store called Myers Thrifty Acres. It was like this chain in in uh, Michigan, uh-huh. and they would they were really pushing the the Vectrex, but it was just too much money. It was too rich for my blood. Yeah. But they would always have it on demo, and I would play Mindstorm the whole time my parents shot. Yeah, <laughs> and it just mm-hmm. it blew my mind because like the audio was great yep. and it just. Those glowing vectors that oh, you just couldn't get on anything so else. Good. Yeah. It was so good. It was so classy. Yeah. It was so classy. And I was like, I was like, why does this system have two slots for two controllers? No one else ever has this system. Right. <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> so, I'm never going to find a second player to play with me on this so system. Why my, does it have two parts? My, 
my buddy my buddy in uh vectrex came out when i was in fifth grade um my buddy in manhattan i used to i used to take the train all the way from long island to manhattan every day to go to school in the morning is uh an hour commute basically um every day so that was amazing my boy uh jason adana shout out to jason adana um he had a vetrex um so i would go over to his house so uh, so for for those of you that aren't old people don't know what a vetrex is uh <laughs> vetrex use something called vector graphics which uh which basically if you've ever seen asteroids played in a in a real way those are vector graphics and uh you know, kind of like old school Tron, um, and in in like real life, even though we're talking about video games. Um, but basically, you you had a cartridge, you put it in, and then they had these overlays, and you put you put them on the screen, and basically the entire console was a screen, and and a controller, and there was an extra port where you can put a second controller, and you could sit and play, uh, you could play games like Minesweeper and and uh. There was some tank game that you that you played. Oh yeah, um, what was it called? Uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting. It's like something attack. Yeah, oh man. <laughs> and like you had the overlays, of course, and everything. But the the, the vector glow was so unique because like it had a it had this residual thing with the phosphors in the monitor. Yes. Right. So you have like it, it's a bit it was like a black um, old uh, Mac, right? Like the early Macs. Mm-hmm. It was shaped like that, and it had a handle on the back, so you could carry it around and everything. <laughs> But that monitor in the night in the dark was just this like is the perfect glow and it's like it epitomizes gaming of that era. Yeah, and like that that thing is like a work of art. <laughs> it was so good. It was so, good. Yeah. It was so wonderfully yeah. made and done, and it felt like you were playing. It's like it's like when they take those old school pictures, like you know when they have um, like kids playing video games under the covers. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it had like that kind of glow to the to, to the screen and to everything when you played it. It was such a good thing. It was like a big ass etch a sketch, but it was almost it was a game too because it had that like <laughs> yeah, it's, residual it's the, stuff. Again, like, like yeah. we go talk about those old game experiences and bring them to modern platforms. That's one you can't really replicate very well because that display was so unique. Right, and it's just like right. those old games with trackballs or or paddles. Yeah. You can't really recreate those with an analog stick. Right. I think that to experience those games is to experience it as it was intended, and it's so hard to explain to people what these things are like until you actually get them in front of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like do you feel like iDarb is bringing some of that back though? Do you feel like it, it, although you can't replicate the physical parts of those of those old school games, do you feel like iDarb is bringing some of that back with with a lot of old school flavor in it? I really tried and you can see probably like the best example of it is in the um halftime decathlon where you waggle the <laughs> Right. <stick>. Yes. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's just something nobody does anymore. And, like, I tried to do that. And, it, like, and I still, like, when we put that in, I'm like, God, this is so fun. Like, the tug of war and all yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the tug of war was based off of this April Fool's spoof that was in some old video game magazine where they were trying to convince everybody there was a Kramer versus Kramer game coming out for Atari. <laughs> and, like, they, they did this picture of, like, two parents pulling a child and he had to waggle the right sticks to pull him over. It was like a tug, they described it as a tug of war, and I'm like, I want to make that in, in Hydarb. <laughs> it was like, I was, when I was a kid, I believed it because I read it, and I'm like, this, this, they said it, and this is coming out. Like, I want, I want the Kramer vs. Kramer game. Oh so I, I had to make it, and I had to put it in Hydarb so we to, to finally close that loop. That's amazing. But, um, yeah, but yeah, I tried to get those old school feels back. 
Oh and um, and, I, and there's more of them coming too because some of the updates that we have uh, are digging even deeper into that, but not in a way that's just too old fashioned. Like I, I want to take those concepts and modernize them as right. much as I can. Do you okay. do you want to do you want to kind of talk about uh, some of the updates that you have in store, or at least sure. things that you things that you're really thinking about putting in? Yeah, I mean the number one, which everybody always says anyways, but the number one thing is we want to add more consoles to the multiplayer. And what a lot of people don't understand, I think, when they, I mean, because you're on the internet and you're like, and you want you want that so bad because you like the game, right? But like, um, what a lot of people don't know is that we really put the multiplayer in over a matter of like a couple of weeks. We it's originally going to be just a local only game, mm. and um, and we've done a lot of multiplayer games, so it's just one of these things where like, okay, we got really far in the game, and how do you bring it online? And the best way to bring a game like this, which is got a lot of stuff going on, like. I know it's really easy for people to see, like, say, compared to Call of Duty, which has all this stuff going on, and you're like, well, they can get 16 players. Why can't IDARP get, you know, more than two? Right. Um, but the reality is, what when you take away the graphics from Call of Duty and what's going on, the only things you have to really keep track of are the individual entities, like the players or whatever, and whether or not they hit something or not, because it's all resolved on end-to-end and all stuff. And it's not a lockstep networking game. It's more like a, um, I forgot what you call it, but it's like, you don't have to have everything completely synchronized. Right. So you might see somebody on your screen and you shoot them mm. and it tells the other system like they were shot, but on one screen to the other, they're not quite the same. It doesn't really matter because like the skill was done and it was confirmed and then the other person took the hit and from their screen, they see themselves getting the hit Sure, and it looks all legit on both sides and it's all, and it's not a bad experience. It's amazing and all stuff, but they can get away with that when you're looking from your perspective on our game. Everybody sees exactly where they are all at the same time on a single screen. Wow. And you can't hide or obfuscate that stuff. So you can't fake it. And so we have to be more like an RTS or a fighting game in that we have to lockstep synchronize the games. Mm. So it's like being a clockmaker because everything we do in the game is based, is based off the previous um, frame and also some seed value. So if you go five frames ahead, what's happening on one system is exactly where it's going to be on the other system. It's, it's right. literally like a clockmaker. Right. That this thing turns here, it affects this thing. Even the randomness of the game is not really random because it's all coming off of the core value that's being updated every frame. Huh. And so okay. it really is like an automaton that's hmm. like doing its thing or whatever. And so not that it's extremely hard, but that's the best way to have uh, implemented this. But the, the reason that you only have two systems generally is because that's a lot of there's a lot of data you're not sending, but you're sending a lot of controllers. We have eight controllers. Right, right. And so that when you look at all the buttons that we use and all that stuff, that's a lot of data when you multiply by eight. That's more data than a Call of Duty and other games really need to have because they're resolving all that stuff on one end and then sending results, whereas we are taking the controllers and sharing them with every right, system right. and resolving independently right. um, on both systems at the same time. And so it's a very challenging thing to do, but it wasn't like we didn't want to do it. It was just time and where we were and also knowing that like you know what if people don't even like this game it's a big investment to go that far right. so sure. now that we got there and we see the response the very first priority we had was like okay let's get let's resolve this and improve matchmaking improve all these things and so tomorrow we're putting live on the back end uh, a lot of fixes for the matchmaking and um uh networking that should allow people to at least uh, at a minimum in, in the interim to matchmake with people who have better connection to you Okay. And so oh, okay. a lot of that lagginess you're experiencing right now should theoretically go away tomorrow. We'll, we'll see. I'm going to tweet about it and see if people are seeing results. But there's efforts to do that, and that's I mean, Microsoft's helping us with that. That'll go out tomorrow. 
Okay. Underway for the next couple updates will be in the background the networking, so we can get at least four Xboxes. I think we're going to max out at four, but you'll at least have four player online individual um, users, and then they could have another player with them or whatever, or any number really to match up. So you'll have lobby and all that sort of stuff, all that support that you expect will be going in at some point in the next few updates. That's awesome. Um, we'll have new halftime shows. We have thirty nine new goal voiceover work from bob that's awesome so 39 new lines a lot of those were community provided so that's great we put those in uh we have a new credit song for the next round of credits because we have two lists of credits now so nice the hall of heroes now we have the appendix of heroes <laughs> new song because people have contributed more things since the last game so that wow. that's going in we have new hash bombs one of the ones i've talked about this before on another uh show but we have deflate which is related to recent events in football. Nice. So if you hashtag deflate, the hole comes into the ball and starts buzzing around the whole map like a balloon. Oh, my God. That's awesome. And so we've seen some amazing things where somebody's shot the ball while it's deflated and from their end of the map, and you see the ball like just flying all over the place and go into the goal like from one side to the that's other. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that's great. And a lot of stuff like uh, there's there's more hash bombs than that. One of them is um so everybody hates the lasers. So right. rather than fix that up, we added more lasers. So we have vertical lasers. So now you can <laughs> actually have horizontal shit. and vertical. So you just have this like array of oh, lasers going on. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, oh man! And there's there's ways. And I'm not gonna say what these are, but there's ways to circumvent that too. So people now we've added this extra layer, like compound hash bombs. So you can oh. see somebody put on lasers, and you can do something that counters it from the chat thing. So. <laughs> If you have if you have people who don't want to see that happen, they can counter it. And there's other like hash bombs that people hate right now because it just really messes their game up. There's counters now added so they can counteract. Oh, that's badass. Okay, because I was going to ask you. I was going to ask because Sharif Jackson from SharifJackson.com and yeah. ha- uh, hashtag science looks good. Right. And, and also he's the minister of finance here. Um, he he had a couple yes. of questions and they kind of they kind of dig into a little bit of that. He was asking um, first, were there some gameplay mechanics that once you actually started to play test the game more, um, you said that they probably didn't work and you kind of and you pulled them out? Were there were there any things th- uh, like that that you started to work on or so that it was that it wasn't really going the way that you wanted to and, and pulled it out prior to release? Oh yeah, we had a. I mean, there was a lot. This game, what's really kind of. Um kind of telling about the kind of game it is when we we're taking so many ideas the game changed changed so often especially in those early days so it was just a mess and if you look at the source code it's really messy like the people here refer to it as mica code because it's just a lot of throwaways or i had some value in there and instead of like forgetting what the previous value was i just modified the value and then like later i modified it again and modified it again so it's like 40 plus 79 minus 142 plus <laughs> the line, instead of just putting what the value should be because like it's my little mental note of what it was before in case i want to revert and all stuff and so it's like it's it's crazy there's a lot of stuff in there like that like we had um there's still code in there from when we had you running around you're shooting at each other and then we put the ball in we didn't pull out the shooting we kept that in and had the ball then we're like, we don't need to shoot anymore because the ball is way more fun. Right. Um, so that became a later hash bomb, a variant of it. We took that same code, and you have hashtag high noon. Right. And you can still right. shoot when you move the right analog stick. But we pulled the shooting out because that was that pivotal point in the game where we're like, you know, it's more of a sport now. We don't right. need guns. Why do we need to be competing with Towerfall when we're totally different now? Right, right. And so it's it's there was things like that. There was um, inverse gravity. We talked about it a lot because it had been in there for so long. And the reverse gravity just broke the game all the time, though. So it's like <laughs> it would happen, and then you like fall through the world, and all this stuff was going on. It was just all these factors. So like we pulled that. So most of the stuff that we pulled was usually because 
it broke the game in some way. And then we also had uh, a variety of other maps, other arenas. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we don't want to add those. They're, they're, we're probably going to do it. Right. But we, we pulled them last minute because the AI just didn't know how to deal with those maps. Mm. They, it could deal with that core map, but it really didn't like the other maps. And we're working on the AI right now and trying to get that uh, fixed up so that we can have more maps and stuff, too, wow. with AI and all stuff. Right. And that's the other thing for the next update. We, we actually can allow, we're allowing uh, AI teammates. So you'll be able to add a teammate um, locally, and I think we're going to be able to do it for online. We're going to test it out and make sure it works. But if it doesn't work for this update, it'll probably work for the next one for online. Nice. But you can add players that are AI players, and then you can adjust their brain juice, we call it, so you can make them smarter or dumber. Wow. <laughs> and um, and then you, you go ahead and play a game like that. Because some people are like, I don't have extra controllers, but I would like to have an extra player so right. these two people can play against me or whatever. So that's all going in. And that was something that was pulled out because I was just too lazy about making UI. <laughs> like, oh, how am I going to get this to go in there and how do I convey it and all that stuff? So it's like it was there and it was working, but it was like, eh. Oh, my God. And so that's all back in. And, and there's, there's other stuff like that. And there's things like... Um, we originally had like depending on how many players were in the game there was like different mode things that would happen so um i, I kind of put that back in and then chris charlie came with terms for things so it's like if it's one versus one it's beach mode if it's two versus <laughs> two i think it's street and if it's like you know so he, has, he had these names that they would they would call them up at microsoft i think so when you when you add players in the game you see those that it tells you what type of game it is it's a nice. street game it's nice. a you know olympic nice. game if it's all eight players and stuff so that right. that's in there but the other thing I added was a suggestion that was put in a long time ago, but I could never get it to work because there were so many things tied to it, which was at the end of each round, uh, it would be great if the players could switch sides. Hmm. So oh. you both switches and everything else. And so every time I tried to put it in, it would break something and everything right. else. So finally, after the game launch, more people said they wanted that. And I just spent, I think I stayed up all night just trying to find every edge case that kept breaking. And so I think it's in a good spot. We have it in there. You can turn it on and off. Uh, but that was something that was pulled out before, and then I was able to just go back where I left off and, and plug it back in, and it seems like it's working. Nice. nice. That's nice. amazing. Uh, I mean, this game is everything. It's everything. Like, <laughs> oh, you want a game where you can just sit around and create 8-bit, 8-bit characters? Okay, well, you can play iDARP. Oh, you want to make music? Oh, you can play iDARP. Oh, you don't know how to cook and you want some awesome recipes? <laughs> you can play iDarb. You know, you, you've got beers and seven other friends and you're just sitting around in your house figuring out, trying to figure out what you're going to do. You can play iDarb. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, it's like my, my son was like, uh, he loves Crossy Road. My daughter does too. And so they're like, right. why, why don't you have something like Crossy Road in there? So one of the new halftime games, hopefully in the next update, but if, if not this one, the next one. Um, is like a crossy a take on Crossy Road, an homage, and um, awesome. it's the first time you'll see your your own characters translated into 3D. Oh. So it extrudes your character, so Holy it's like a crap. 3D version. So you have these little 3D versions of your character hopping oh. around, like that, which is pretty cool. Oh man, I can't wait for this update. And uh, you heard we, it here first. Yeah, really. So we've got uh, we've got some good friends uh, from another podcast called Unconsolable. Uh, shout out to Anna and Jessica. They. Uh, they their podcast is just about mobile games. They don't play console games, but uh, they love Crossy Roads and ha- actually had the uh, Matt the uh, the dev from Crossy Roads, the lead dev from Crossy Roads, come come on this show. So uh, maybe we can get them to play IDAR. They can break their console no See? console rule to play some IDAR. That's and, exactly it. Because like the, the the easiest way for them too is that we're going to be adding the um, halftime Olympic mode, which means you can just 
create a list of all the halftime games you want to play through and not play the regular game. Oh. And so that's like a competitive mode that way. So you can like queue up a playlist oh, of man. all the halftime games. And then it scores and everything like that just for those. So you could just queue up the Crossy Road homage and, and do it that way and, and uh, convince them to play it. Oh my what, goodness! What, that's so, so, dope. so all right. So here's here's the thing. So like you're you're saying all of these things that are going to be in this game, and if you you haven't had a chance, and one of the things that actually Sharif Jackson, uh, he just IM'd me, and he wanted to know um, how he can get this game on other systems. The so I is it is it a thing now that especially now that this is the game games with gold is it is it. Um, an Xbox One exclusive forever, or is it uh, is it at least a, is a timed exclusive? Or we we're not sure yet. So currently, it's a timed exclusive, and we do have plans to go to other platforms. But the the one that we want to go to first is PC because sure. it's such a large market, and mm-hmm, right. also they they've been the most vocal about wanting the game. And it's easier for us to go from Xbox One to PC, and then right, after absolutely. that, other consoles. So it, it, except it for Mac and like Linux, because there's just not it, enough market share, just, according just not, to Bob. Not a market for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Although you know, we would love to go to those platforms too. And like that was a good joke because like when when Bob did that song, there were so many tweets from people who were like, you know, you better be bringing this to Linux. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I may or so may like, not have had anything to do with that. <laughs> you may or may not, but um, you know I love Linux. I love the Linux crowd and all that stuff. And of course, we want to be on Linux. But it was just a fun joke that Bob put in there. Right. And then as soon as that comes out there, got some really pissy emails from people going like, "Really? Really? Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's a joke. Come on, it's just a joke." The funny thing is, every time I hear the word Linux, it translates itself into Linus in my head. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and I'm yeah, like, I, I'm like, where came from. yeah, I'm like, I love Linus. When with Linux, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, why would you do that to yourself right. <laughs> why you must hate yourself right. <laughs> um, um so so pc so pc um do we know when so there's a there's a few things in play right now sure. that may or may not delay an actual time but we have it up and running and everything and there's just like some cleanup we have to do and then some performance checks and it's also keyed to a, a significant update Okay. Um, so we're we're, we're going to have more news probably at GDC about what's happening with that. Um, right. But it, it should be, I can't guarantee a date, but it should be really soon is is the hope. So okay, um, we'll get that out there. But it's going to be it's going to be worth it to to have it come out a little bit later. So nice. Okay. That's, that's the effort going on right now. Well, if you if you're not following Mike Mike on on Twitter, and we'll make sure that you get the social media stuff afterwards. Uh, but uh, if you if you're not following him. And you're following us. We'll be sure to tweet it out because we we often retweet uh, our buddy Mike. So um, absolutely, yeah. So so when that happens, we'll we'll know. We'll we'll uh, make sure that you guys are one of the first to know. So, so oh yeah, because I, I have loose lips on Twitter. Like, I often <laughs> say things on there that I'm not supposed to, and then delete it really fast. You totally do, man. You're right. like, so who wants this feature? And if you were like, yeah, and they're like, oh shit, delete, delete, delete. Right. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Got to get that out of here. Um, so, so, so let's let's talk a little bit about Twitch because we're we're almost we're almost towards the end of our show, and I think that that yeah. is one of the things that is you know we talked a little bit about innovated innovation in in different games and i think besides dead nation this is the only other game that i've seen really dig into twitch integration in a real way and to, right. and to get it right you know what i mean 
Um, have you seen anything on the Twitch side that has surprised you? Anything that has been uh, any strategies that you've seen the community use uh, with the Twitch integration in a specific way that has kind of given you like, oh, okay, I didn't expect that to happen. Any Anything like that? I didn't expect um, people to solely want to become career Twitch trolls of IDAR. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I see the same people hopping onto every Twitch stream and like happily just do that for hours. Right. And it's so funny because like I, I really the reason we want to keep adding hash bombs, we want to add complexity to that that makes people to continue it makes people continue to want to do that. But sure. it still blows my mind that like I'll see the same people from like weeks ago still getting into <laughs> Twitch streams the minute that something goes live and just start hash bombing and have strategies because there's this one guy who's always oh, so evil, he's figured out a great combo <laughs> of like Doing the boo thing with lights out, lasers on, and so so it's like nobody has a chance. He's like right. we've actually had to tweak the hash bombs for the next update <laughs> because he's figured it out that beyond anything we could have done. And it's like okay, well at least he's done that so we can see what he's doing. But right. man, these guys are getting really good at it. And there's people who are like, I don't care about the game. I just want to hash bomb it. Like I love it, right. but I just want to do this part. Yeah, right. I've I've, I've joined right. I've joined on some some streams on my lunch break. And I'm like, I'm going to go hash bomb some people while I have some time. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I've learned something, too, because, like, uh, people will spend the full time there, as long as that is, just doing it. And then it dawned on us that, like, we need to open that up for the creation aspects, too. So when somebody, because people will stream on Twitter uh, or Twitch, um, them creating characters and logos and music. Mm. We thought, how cool would it be if you could just open a canvas up and just let people who are watching you battleship style say like a4 and like plot a4 color d6 and make make characters for you through twitch or horrible things but like just open up for for people watching to go ahead and do it and see what happens and and that sort of stuff it'd be pretty pretty amazing so you just basically laid out the foundation for twitch plays idar right right holy shit that's (laughs) dope yeah that's so dope yeah oh my god you have do you have any pro tips for for folks who are who are just getting the game and, and once they hear this uh, show they're gonna be like all right it's time to go download it. Do you have any pro pro strats for folks? Oh, definitely. First and foremost, like if you have kids, go to the options and shut off Twitter and that sort of thing. Like we put the little warning up, but people look at it and laugh about it. But then they go in and they realize like you know people are saying awful things on Twitter, and half the people who are saying awful things on Twitter think that they're not really because like a lot of these people we found out are like getting Twitter accounts to tweet to the game but they don't know how twitter works oh. so they're saying these amazingly awful things thinking that only the person in the room is playing is seeing it and so i mean it's really funny and it's really awful and i'm thinking like these guys they're just they're they're, they're dancing like nobody's watching right, right. basically right <laughs> so, <laughs> and then we've kind of i've responded to some of these going like you know the whole world sees this and then like they delete everything because <laughs> like they're in a panic <laughs> and stuff but um, so be aware of your options when getting in. But then when you're in the game, really just like the best thing you can do is just play by yourself, go into a local game and start it in practice mode. So that means just go in, just pick your character and hold down start until the game starts right. and just get used to the moves. Like you can pull down to stomp down really fast. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have been asking like, how do, how do people make me dizzy? I don't understand this. And it's like, it's really simple. You just go over somebody and pull down and head stomp them right. and it makes them dizzy. But like a lot of people don't pick up on that stuff and they do after a few plays, but sometimes that first time experience, they see these things going on with more experienced players and get kind of pissed off because they don't understand how that stuff works. Right. Whatever. But like, there's that, and also in the options are, are, are things that allow you to track things easier, like the ball. You can turn on the ball cursor, 
which makes it easier to see where the ball is. It puts a big circle around it with arrows right. showing where it should go <laughs> and all stuff. So really, it's like it's putting the um, you know, it's, it's putting on the training wheels essentially. And then when you're in the game, if you're losing yourself, you can press the select. I think it's the view button, what they call it in the Xbox One, but it's like where the select used to be. Right. If you press that, you can cycle through different player markers, so you can track yourself easier. So you can oh, put a triangle awesome. over yourself, a circle over yourself, and a square and stuff, or a big controller number thing over your head. Nice. These things are there for people who lose themselves a lot, so a lot of people don't real, realize it's there. And um, you can go ahead and do that. Wow. Okay. Wow. I didn't realize that stuff was there, and I played a lot. Yeah. I remember so. you talking about the how many points you can get. I, I what is that? I think you were talking about someone getting a thirty point score because of the bomb being in play, or yeah, something so like the, that. Yeah, so you can get a fifteen point shot, which there's a lot of videos on how to do that. Right. And like you're usually near the center, and you bounce it up, and it bounces like three times, I think, and then goes in the hole from five and three times gets you the fifteen. If it's a bomb, it gives you thirty oh. because it's a, it's a doubler. So the bomb will double any score when you put the bomb into the goal. Now, with deflate <laughs> in there now and some other hash bombs or with some other crazy skills. Like, with deflate, what happened What happened here by accident, I shot the ball, and it bounced on things a lot to, like, a 7X from the five-point line and went into the goal on its own because air was coming out of it. It was just spinning everywhere. Right. Those are very lucky shots. You can't skill shot that. But that was an outrageous number. I don't remember what it was. It was just nuts. <laughs> and uh, if that was a bomb, it'd be even more. Like, you could theoretically... I mean, a bomb. It's probably even more than that, but in, the- in theory, you can get like 128 points in one shot. What? And that would be insane. Um, but it's really, 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 really hard to do. And you know there's going to be a moment when somebody's having like the, the tie game. It's mm-hmm. like the last three seconds. One of these things is going to happen, and it's going to go – or not even a tie game. They might be behind by like 80 points. Right. That's going to happen and just win the game. <laughs> and like, I, 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 I'm – I'm so I'm so anxious to see that because it's going to be an amazing thing to watch. So oh, that man. stuff, like the the multipliers are happening. I've watched AI get like sixty plus points in a single shot and stuff. So I know there's skill shots there, and one of the ways you can do it is um, if you're if a team of four people, you can shoot the ball and they could be ahead of it, jump up and then pulse, and without catching it but pulsing, you can influence the ball to keep going. So you could bounce it a lot near the center or the ceiling. You get like already like the five or six X, mm-hmm. and as it's coming down for the goal, you can have everybody pulse it to ease it into the goal. And so there's ways to get a huge, like huge score if you can just coordinate and practice. That's wow. Aw- See, and that's wow. the thing is like people don't know necessarily how strategic you can be with this right. game, and I think that that's right. the beauty of it. You talked about it a little bit earlier. It was like you know make something simple, started off with a simple concept, and then the, the game itself will add the complexity for you. Yeah. And and it feels like those parts are the things that we're we're only learning now. And it feels like folks are only really kind of scratching the surface of what you can do mm-hmm. and and strats that you have. I know I have my own that I've kind of figured out that I in the way that I play it. I play it like I play it like hockey, so yeah. I I play it like hockey and I will ice the puck, quote unquote. And throw the puck all the way down to the other side, and then go try to go get it. Hmm. So that that's that's a great strategy. I, we learned that one by watching a, a streamer, this guy Green Skull from Ready Up Live, I think. Uh huh. Yep. And like, we're, he was a hilarious. He was one of the first people to stream, and we're watching his video feed, and they're they're very funny. And like, he was he had his buddy Kyle, who's playing, but he's really quiet and whatever. <laughs> and he's just like, and he didn't really understand what was going on. He's like, "Ice it, Kyle! Ice it!" And Kyle's like, well, "I don't know what you want me to do." <laughs> and, like, and like, he was trying to get him to like throw it ahead so we can get it like, get it out of the zone and right. do stuff. But it's a really good strategy for, especially when you get bigger teams, because you just got to throw the ball away. Right. Because uh, right. most teams you play against, they do the old like um, 
like the little kid soccer rules where everybody just piles on to wherever the ball is. Mm-hmm. And the only way to break up the pack like that is to ice it ahead. And then, you know, have that strategy. So no, somebody knows to go ahead and you're going to throw it up, uh, up ahead as far as you can go. Yep, that's, that's, that's a good strategy. Totally. Awesome. Totally works. It, it, it let me beat coffee today. Because coffee, oh, awesome. coffee was fucking me up. I was cursing yeah. coffee out today. Coffee, coffee is a son of a bitch. Coffee, coffee. and bacon, man. That they, breakfast team. Yeah, I, no I, joke, I don't man. know. You know, they're nobody no can beat and the breakfast team. They're they are they are the farm animals and reincarnate. Yes, like, yes, they, exactly. They learned a lot in their previous life, and they're they're taking it out on you. Right, right. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, and and lots of love to go goes out to your mom, your mom team. The, your mom's yeah. team, so uh, the all moms, yeah. they they uh, and they they really want they want you to eat your food and everything else. So right, it's, right. It's, it's yeah. this weird theme going on in that single player game. Oh my goodness, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I was like, what is going on right now? I can't beat this damn team. What the hell? Oh man. Uh, yeah. All right, um, we we gotta go because we could sit here and and talk to to Mike forever. Word. We got ten shows tonight if we really want to. Right, no, right, seriously. exactly, exactly. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is the um, this is Bricago's Minister of Education. Um, <laughs> th- the last couple of hours have shown you exactly why. Uh, if you don't have an Xbox One, sorry for you. Um, they're priced to move right now at three hundred and fifty dollars. Um, while you're there, get yourself some Xbox Live. Get yourself some iDarb. You get yourself some friends, right? <laughs> and 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 you're gonna have you're gonna have a, a fun time. If not, you can just uh, sit and watch me and Khalif stream uh, because it's gonna be the most fun you have on Twitch ever. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna propose this and I'm gonna put, throw this out to you, Mike. Yeah. I, I think we should try to figure out a way to have a spawn on me classic. I dog. Oh, I-dog that would be awesome. T- tournament. There's been people who've organized uh, on Reddit and everything tournaments, like one-on-one tournaments. Yeah. And um, I think we could do something like that. That would be great. Let's get a bunch of people together and, and, and go through the tournament and organize it somehow. Yeah. We, Give we, me a Google yeah. sheet, maybe. we just set it all up and get everybody. That would be hey. cool. All right. All if right. We can, if we could do Spawn for Good, we can, we can do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. We have Definitely. the power. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah, Mike. Uh, again, um, you know, uh, congratulations. Um, you know, it, it it really nobody nobody could make us happier. There, I mean, there are a few game devs that we that we've had. Um, you and and our friend uh, our friend Lisa Brown and and our friend Sean Alexander Allen. Um, we we really can't wait to see what everybody else is doing, but we've gotten a chance. We've we've had a chance now to see what IDARB is all about, and everyone else has had a chance to see what IDARB is all about, and that's what really makes us super excited and super proud to know you, and and proud and and excited for you. Congratulations, brother! Oh man, I really appreciate that, and like again, I, I sincerely mean it, like. I making the game was really fun and everything, but it was also really challenging. And it was right. it was the podcast like this, like getting on it with you guys and talking about stuff that kind of re-energized me, sure. to help me get this thing kind of going. And so, uh, like, I, I really mean it. Like, it was just awesome to be able to, to like have a, a conversation that wasn't related to how we're going to get this thing out the door. <laughs> 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 but then also the the support you guys gave and like you, you really did like kind of like you know hey you would say like you know keep doing it or this and that and everything. It was just 
It was great. Thank you guys. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you, yeah, so, man. We 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 have to thank you, man. You, you right. we're really, really from the bottom right. of our hearts, we're really right. excited right. and happy yeah. for you guys to see to see the love come back to gaming through through <laughs> through iDarb and and and, all, and the dope community that it's garnered and 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 grown really really rapidly. So shout out to the iDarb community for being so dope and being so wonderful and, and loving around this game and and it's just a reflection of how dope you are. So dope and you are and the rest of the folks at other oceans. So so thank you for that. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah. Word. Um, so if if people aren't following you uh, on Twitter or iDarb or anything like that, uh, why don't you tell them everywhere where they can go besides their Xbox One to download uh, iDarb, uh, where can they go to uh, follow you and, and all the amazing things that are happening? Um, oh, yeah. So you could... You- you're saying besides Twitter, but you can go well, to Twitter. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh besides, okay. yeah, besides just going to the Xbox. So, oh, okay, so Twitter yeah, so like, and, uh, and all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you could follow me at Mike J. Micah on Twitter. Um, you could also follow at IDARP Game, um, which there's a lot of followers already there. That thing's kind of exploding, but there's a lot of news that comes through that. You can go to IDARP.com, which should be back online. This thing got hammered. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, <laughs> it was not meant to handle the load. And so um, it's back at Chris Larkin here, who's at Cupcakus. It's good to follow him, too. Nice. Um, he, and it's a C-U-P-C-A-K-U-S. He uh, he's working really hard to make sure that the community side on the website and, and other aspects of the game are, are up and the uptime's really good. Um, so follow him too, and then um, you could go to the Facebook page. Uh, just search for iDarb. I don't remember off the top of my head, but you can find the iDarb game page there. <laughs> and um, OtherOcean.com is going to get revamped to, to have more information on not only iDarb but the other crazy games we're working on and stuff will be announcing shortly too. Nice, super dope. Nice, nice. Yeah, peek behind the curtain really quickly. Um, when we were talking about Atari Game Over, um, my Xbox was still on, and the Kinect decided to put it on for me. So for like <laughs> the last forty-five minutes, I've been watching the uh, been watching the documentary on mute and uh, seeing your face pop up a bunch of times. You saw my basement too, probably. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, I did see <laughs> your basement and the collection of games. I, I I refuse to talk about it until I get to see it in person. Yep, <laughs> so. to, we we had that uh, we had that we're ships passing in the night that one moment. Right, we right. Going across the country, we almost had you over. I will be back this summer, so we Great. will make it happen. Well, we, we will rectify that. Yes, situation. yes. Oh, if we can get you to Portland. We need to do something at ground control with IDAR. We got to do it. I, would, I already I know that there's to. a machine. I think these, I think uh, uh, the gentleman who runs it was talking about putting a machine or something close to that. Yeah, so Clay Cowgill, who's yes. amazing, he he put Donkey Kong Pauline on the arcade board and ported it over to the real hardware, that hack that I did. Yep. <laughs> and, um, he, and he made it much better. And um, <laughs> he also has a Donkey Kong Pauline arcade cabinet there and everything. It's, it's great. The oh, ground control is amazing. I would love to come up there. Uh, we should coordinate when a, when a good time to do that would be because um, he he had an idea of how to make IDARB an arcade cabinet and I've got to get back in touch with him because that's something I think we should bring to California Extreme and some other places too. Ooh, awesome! Yeah, that would be super awesome. dope. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll coordinate that off off cast. Cool. Oh, that would be great. Cool. <laughs> uh, let me just say quick. Uh, sure. Figure that out because I ruined his name. It's Adrian Scribbles on um, Twitter. Uh, it's Adrian C A J I L I. So thank you for that because he's been really Sigilli. good. At the so yes. yes, yes, yes. So social media business, brother Cicero. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no problem. Um, catch us on Twitter. Um, 
Kajakins. That is our great captain, Stubby Stan. That is uh, yours truly. Uh, Spawn on me. That is the show. And Spawn Point Blog. That is the site. Um, uh, Dan the Robot is Dan the Robot. He is Daniel Moore. Um, check him out. He is uh, gone, but not forgotten. Um, check us out on Facebook. Like our pages, the Spawn Point Gaming Blog and Spawn on Me Podcast. Um, keep the conversations going. Go to iTunes. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, go to SoundCloud and and follow us, leave comments there. Go to Player FM. It's really, really cool app, at least on Android. I don't know if it's on iOS, um, but uh, check that out. Check out SpeakPipe, uh, speakpipe.com slash spawn on me. And uh, if you want to email us, you can go to feedback at the spawnpointblog.com. Khalif at the spawnpointblog.com or Cicero at the spawnpointblog.com or Dan at the spawnpointblog.com. There's no more, <laughs> no more spawnpointblogs.com. We've taken all of them. I've taken them all and I'm giving them all to you. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, man, um, this has been awesome. Yeah, this is this is great time. So much fun, Mike. Again, thank you so much for being on the show again. You have now gotten your bedroom, two bedroom apartment in Chicago. We will come by and, and hang out with you and play some iDarb on your couch. Right. I've got the mini grill out on the deck, and nice. uh, you know, we'll cook oh, up some good food. Oh shit! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. So you've been you've been on here twice, and and so when you make it to super duper star status i don't want you to pretend like you don't know us anymore oh you know what it's not even in my dna i don't think i could do it i would probably be running away from anything else to make sure i come home oh right on right chicago's my home (laughs) yes 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 oh my goodness this has been episode 48 of the spawn on me podcast Again, this is Khalif Adams, Cicero Holmes. We want to thank you all for listening to us every week and for rocking with us. And we want to say peace. Peace.